Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 121. We are back down in the basement studio to talk about another week of wrestling. It's myself and my co-host and teenage son, Jack. How you doing, Jack? Eh. Not great, eh? He's he's battling a sore throat today. Just popped in a halls to hopefully mitigate that somewhat. But uh So you you wasted our good banter before we even got on the air, but we'll bring it back up and act like we didn't just talk about it. So we're both really big Jack White fans, and Jack was just, I think you've even discovered some songs I probably haven't heard, we'll have to go back, but you were saying, what to me, that there's a bunch of? Because um, usually when he has an album, he puts out a bunch of them as singles, I guess, before, I assume beforehand, probably like the Gorillas are doing, and um, on a bunch of them, there's another song tacked on. Right. Um, sometimes it's like a song I already know, like I think the 16 Saltine single has Love is Blindness, which I'm yep. pretty sure I've heard. Well, you definitely have. I know I have. Um, but then some of the other ones have like singles I don't know. Cool. So, so. you've got a can do that today if you're not coming out with your mother and brother and I. You can track them down and recommend some for me, and I'll start with whatever mm. you recommend if they're ones Machine I haven't Gun heard. Silhouette. There's a that's, that I've, that's already one of them. That's been tacked on. You know, Love Interruption from that out al- the yes. first album. Yep. Of his, and so that's tacked onto that one. That's the. Next one. I found the acoustic one first, which is not that much different from the real one, but right. it's one of those ones. Where I imagine cool. I've heard some of them, but I bet you there's some I haven't. I just am not good with names of songs or anything. I'm so old that I more associate them with what track on a CD they were. That's, that's I, some that's of them I remember I, that, yeah. Yeah, right? So, um, yeah, and it's a rare Saturday where you're not working, and I don't have to go coach basketball, so we're laughing today, right? We may even go old school and pick up some booster juice uh, after we're done recording here, which is what we always used to do. So I don't know. Other than that, man, it's been a pretty normal week for me, just working and coaching and you've been schooling and working, right? And I don't know. I, I'm Hanging ready. on by a thread. Right. Not feeling super great. Uh, I'm ready to just get right into wrestling to spare your voice a little bit. Does that mm-hmm. sound fair? All right. So let's do that now. Our first segment is where we take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, when it comes to ratings this week, NXT averaged 664,000 viewers, which is down 0.9%, so basically the same as last week. Earned a 0.15 in the key demo, which is actually a significant uh, increase for them of 15.4%, so they'll be happy with that. And this week, still some tough competition. Last week, it was World Series. This week, it was election coverage in the United States, which dominated the ratings. For on what? Um, it's like midterm elections, so not presidential stuff, but other stuff that wouldn't interest you but sadly interests me a lot i know more about american politics than canadian just because it's a bit of theater down there to me so i i watch quite a bit of it uh dynamite this week averaged nine hundred thirty thousand viewers which is slightly up 2.1 percent earned a 0.32 in the demographic which is up 10.3 percent but again both shows had kind of low ratings last week due to the world series being in stiff competition so this week for Dynamite, it was uh, just a regular NBA game and continuing elections coverage from the night before. So numbers sort of back to where they tend to be in the same range weekly for both of the shows. Yes, that's where instead nice. of nodding, you speak. Uh-huh. 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 Okay. Um, what, do we, what do we got? I don't um, know. I don't know what so you got. Most, probably the most interesting thing for me was I just randomly came across on the Instagram Explore page. For next week's Rampage, yeah. a- aka Full Gear Friday. Air okay. quotes. Hadn't heard that before. Um, Konosuke Takeshita is back, baby. Yes. Next week on Rampage. 
He I is mean, teaming even... with Jun Akiyama, some guy, yep. yes. against Kingston and Ortiz. So I've heard that's, of Akiyama. That's gold. Can't say if I saw him wrestle, but yes, we are both very excited to have Takeshita coming back. Um, hopefully, About a month too late, but hopefully he can stay for a while. I don't know. I oh, just hey, we went to EW a month ago now. It's the twelfth. Oh wow, that's yeah. right. I just want to see more Takeshita. So very happy he's back in our lives here in North America mm-hmm. for however long it lasts. Very happy. Uh, some funny news. I mean, it's not super significant, but it it just is fun to say that Crown Jewel draws the lowest WWE pay per view number ever. And I was like surprised. Buying, like, but so that that means like just buys, so not like people that bought it via correct. traditional methods. Correct. Okay. So that's why I'm saying it's not super relevant because who the heck? I was gonna say who the like, heck does does that, that really matter? Right. But I mean, but it's it fun. is kind of fun. It's just fun to have a headline of it was the lowest pay per view ever because it was blood money, right? So, um, yeah, it's because most people are watching on WWE or Peacock or whatever. We still have the WWE Network here in Canada, but in the states, I believe it's on Peacock now. So, uh. The pay-per-view numbers were 6,500 buys, which is just funny. But again, not, I mean, it's not crazy because who's doing that? Uh, but it is the, technically the lowest for any WWE pay-per-view show in history. Uh, it's down 39.7% from Extreme Rules, which was the pay-per-view that, sorry, premium live event that immediately God. preceded it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad. <laughs> I do this every week and I still don't All get All year. Thing, right? Uh, and that is... That was down- the first time I remember them saying PLE was... Day one, so. Oh, is it? I yeah, think that's you're the right. first time. I think they might mention it at the end of last year, but that's the first time I remember hearing. You it. just unknowingly foreshadowed our trivia today, by the way. Mm, so, uh, and a little bit relevant because technically it is down eight. Comparing apples to apples, right? It's down eight thousand buys from Crown Jewel last year. So, um, maybe it's significant. I don't know. It was just fun to say that no one watched it in a certain degree. I'd say it's comparing rotten apples to rotten apples. Right. Next for you. Speaking of Crown Jewel, Ao, uh, SmackDown nice. is doing a World Cup. When was the last World Cup? You ask. Oh, Crown Jewel. Right. And do you remember what happened in said <laughs> tournament? Would you like to enlighten the viewers? I just remember that it was not um, a World Cup at all. It was like an American Cup. And do you remember who won said tournament despite not being in said tournament? Shane McMahon. Indeed, sir. Oh, I can't believe it's like trivia for me, and I got it right. Yeah, that was. The f- last World Cup, and then... I didn't remember the detail that he wasn't actually in the tournament, although I no, guess he replaced that... Miz in the final thing. Right, okay, that makes sense. And then there's a tag World Cup, I think at Super Showdown, I want to say 2020. Um, Be cool y- if it's... You know who won that? No. It's the best tag team in the world? No. You're going to love it. Who? You want to guess? No. You'd love it. It'll take me forever. Uh, Good Brothers? Yep. <laughs> oh, no. Obviously. <laughs> First guess. I didn't want to guess it. I was And then afraid. just to throw it in for fun, there was also in 2020... But to set up the Boneyard match, there was a two-wake Mountain Trophy gauntlet. Oh and boy. so Taker just randomly came in and beat Styles at the end of the gauntlet. So that was funny. Anyways, they're doing a SmackDown World Cup. If it's, it's actually the exact same, could be cool. It's the exact same trophy as the one in 2018, so that's funny. It still says Best in the World on it. So TM Punk's coming back. Foreshadow. Yeah, and so it already began. Like There were two matches on SmackDown. So do you know so, who the competitors are? Yeah. Okay, tell so me. So the field consists of Mustafa Ali, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Pete Dunne, as I will refer okay. to him as, Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Jinder Mahal, and Sami Zayn. What, so much more international. Yes. Way better. Um, and so Jinder, eh? Good for him. Mustafa Ali actually replaced uh, Mysterio. Mm-hmm. They didn't explain why, and they also didn't explain why a Raw guy is in SmackDown tournament, because I, like, right. I was like, wait, he's a Raw guy, but oh well. So Escobar already beat Nakamura, so that's good. And Strowman squashed Jinder Mahal. Uh, were they billing Jinder from Canada? 
they're billing him as a former WWE champion constantly. That's true. That is true. Uh, and from, I put this one in just so that you and I can both say I told you so, Cody Rhodes on Twitter admitted that he was a heel in AEW, which we were saying week after week after week. Right, right? the babyface, not babyface. So despite him asserting at the time that he was a babyface, he is now saying, no, he wasn't, that we were like, I don't know, smart enough, whatever, clued in you enough were definitely on the train the to understand that this is not a babyface character, right? Um, so he admitted it, and we all told you so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, next, uh, Sarah Logan's back in WWE. She returned with the Viking Raiders. They beat down Legato and Hit Row, saving us from having to watch B-Fab versus Zelina Vega. Oh my goodness. B-Fab in the ring is... Against Zelina Vega. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that would be... I would almost watch that just to watch that. Cause it I'm would almost be that sad bad. that we didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good for her. I guess she was decent. You should have seen her face paint. She looked like exactly like Maxine Paler. It was funny. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was she, funny. She was, like, fine in the ring, like, pretty good, but just kind of bland everywhere I do, like, else. I think so. this fits her better than, like, Riot Squad or whatever, and she is real-life partner Ray Rowe. Yes, that's correct. I so. will find for you if I can. She has a legendarily bad promo that she did last time she was in WWE. I'll try and find really? it. Really? It, it was bad. I'll try and find it for you. Uh, what else do I have here? Apparently, and I don't know how I didn't, I forgot this. I think I knew it at some point, but I've been wondering where Tiffany Stratton has been on NXT because she's one of the ones I think has like massive potential to be a major star. She's been gone and it turns out she uh, suffered a head injury back in August, right? And which I now that I hear it, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that sounds familiar, but I had forgotten. So apparently that she will be back on television soon and that's good because I think she's kind of like a perfect fit for NXT in terms of um, what it is now. She's good enough already, but she does still need development, right? Like she's picking things up super fast. I'm going to start watching old NXT. She's she's really good already for the amount of experience she has. So she's the perfect, and I'll talk about him later, but I think Stax is also kind of in that group where he's already pretty good, but still needs more development, right? So I don't mind watching him as he is now, but he's also going to get better. It's when they're putting in like, super super inexperienced Saul Ruka for example this week um right like you're not ready to be you should still be just in the training facility working on stuff not on tv yet but anyways I digress uh your turn sorry (laughs) I still say get Cora Jade off tv but (laughs) uh heel Cora Jade is much better much more interesting I not still my favorite that applies to like almost everyone ever uh, uh, that is very fair point we always in this studio, in this household, we always prefer heels. To there are a few people that would be worse as heels. And partly just in general, heels are more interesting. And part, partly... It does depend on the heel. Current run. wrestling seems to struggle creating a baby face, right? It's not, it's not impossible Aside to have from a great like, one. Hangman, Sammy Moxley. Zane, Daniel like Sammy Bryan, Zane. I think, yeah. are both... Gargano. Like, back in the day, Kurt Angle was amazing, right? So but even Gargano, Gargano works both ways. Correct. Better as baby face, but works both ways. Yep. Even... But even so, lately, they've been kind of doing him dirty, I hear. Oh, have they? I haven't heard anything. Isn't but I assume. Super prominent. That's too bad. Send him back to NXT. Let's go. No. Get him in there with Axiom and McDonough. And, NXT and just, Dragunov. Mm, no. That'd NXT be fun. NXT is not the place to... If it was like... It started off so good If it was so still 2021 NXT, then like... Sure, but... Ever since 2.0, it's not a place where I want people to go back to. We'll get there, but like for the first, I don't know, 40 minutes of NXT, I was like, man, this show's really good. And then... Yeah, there's still some good matches, but it's yeah. still 2, 2.0, and it's just like, I, yeah. I can't. There, it's less, but yes, it's, it's still similar. It's not what it should be. 
Is it my turn or yours? I forget. We digressed um, there. So, um, a month ago, I, I now is was the first international AEW show in our neck of the woods, I Toronto. Think I saw and you there. So, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing you there. I, you were directly sure you beside were there, me. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds right. right. Yeah. And so, as announced on commentary, AEW are heading to the UK in 2023. So that is oh, their cool. next. Yeah. Thing. Apparently their ratings cool. are very good there. So, or what did they say? Record ratings. So maybe that doesn't mean very good. It just means better than they have been. I guess I assume, technically. Yeah, I assume UK because that's usually like a pretty. They're usually big wrestling. wrestling hungry. They were always the ones that were keeping like Impact afloat. When people like how maybe still right? How is Impact on TV and and looking pretty like decent production value when that's their numbers? But it's like internationally it does pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the you know the, there was NXT UK for a while. Literally, which was WWE taking over the, Trying to, the yes. UK Indies, which was, which makes sense because there is a lot of UK in UK is like a big spot for Indies. Seems and stuff, to be right? like, like Japan, UK, Mexico, stuff like Progress, WXW, yeah. and right. whatnot. Right, and UK which and are it, on the network, and then WWE came in and tried to kill all of those basically. Plus, mm-hmm. a pandemic probably almost did kill all them. Um, some backstage news. Apparently, who knows that that to me is a term of like impossible dirt sheet stuff. Right, as soon as it's backstage news. But Bandito's choice to sign with AEW over WWE, apparently his family, wife, and child are still in Mexico, and he would be seeing them far less if he were for oh, WWE. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Especially, I saw, I saw that too. I, I was reading that. Especially since he would probably start out in NXT, right, which is based in Florida, which is mm-hmm. about as far as he's going to get um, in terms of sides of the country. So maybe a contributing factor. I'm glad Bandito's awesome. I want him on a product that I actually watch. Mm-hmm. Um, last one I have was, I saw like a few days ago. Oh, nice. Little guy there. Um, Young Bucks, uh, filed for a trademark for the Wayward Sons. I saw that as well. Cause apparently at some point they said that if they could come out to any theme song, that would be their ideal theme song. Which I don't, I don't know. I like their theme I'll song. I'll go catch the spider. You keep talking. Um, I don't know. I like their theme song. So it looks like he's like, did he just crawl behind the soundboard? I'm pretty sure he just went behind the soundboard. Uh, I'll let you know if he comes back out. Um, Fair enough. But I like their theme song. I don't know. I feel like it would just be weird them coming out to that. Yeah, it would be know. probably a big licensing fee too. Um, but anyways, we'll see. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, I guess. Yep. Um, a further indication that Chelsea Green looks like she's on her way out of Impact. Speculation is on her way to WWE. Uh, on Impact this week, which I did watch, but her match with Mickie James was neither a high spot nor a rest hold, so it won't be mentioned there. Uh, but she lost to Mickie James. And then in a segment uh, a bit later, she was talking to Deanna Perrazzo outside oh, up top. and said that um, <laughs> Sorry. she said she is going home. So seems like she's done with Impact and many people are speculating she's in WWE soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. And we were talking about it's kind of like the Ric Flair thing from 2008 where it's like until some until their version of Shawn Michaels comes along, then she's not going to lose regarding Mickey, the Mickey James, James story. Right? Yes. And not, not someone as good as Shawn Michaels, but I mean like Shawn Michaels was the one where it's like, whoops, where it was like, <laughs> we're a mess. He today. was definitely the one that was going to beat Ric Flair. Right. right. Like you, you could see like that's where it's going. Yes. And until they find like that equivalent. Yes. You know, it's not going to happen. And I don't, especially not on TV. Mickey, I doubt. And Mickey James is good. I don't enjoy her enough for that story, like knowing she's going to lose to right. be int- super interested. And Chelsea Green never really, wows me she's solid i guess so uh, yeah the match didn't interest me too much i only have one more thing what about you um no i'm done uh joe hendry again something that was on impact but not quite a rest hold so it seems or high spot so it seems a bit noteworthy he defeated brian myers in a 
a decent match. It wasn't bad. Uh, so he is now the digital media championship or champion. Sorry, on Impact. Uh, it kind of makes sense to me because that seems like the belt that you travel to like little indie things and defend sometimes. Um, yeah, do, there's do been they? lots of matches, not lots, but there have been matches not on Impact for that belt, kind of like they're doing with the Atlantic, right? Um, and so he's. The oh, crack. they haven't done that as much since that was it seemed like was PAX, more like Pax excursion, right? Um, so the crowd is really behind Hendry. They they chant and do the waving. Some would say they believe in Joe Hendry, correct? And they clap when they're supposed to clap. So he he's kind of high profile right now, and he can go and do his shtick wherever he wants to defend that title. So that that title change made sense. Plus, they're focusing on Myers and uh, Cardona as a tag team again, right? The major players, is that what it is? Correct. Um, so it, it makes sense to get the belt off him since he's being billed as a tag team contender. You're now. saying he can't have two belts. Wow. That's correct. I, do, I don't mind Myers. I think he's a great fit for Impact. I've said that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that was that. All right, that wraps up news. And rumors, and we'll move into our in-depth review each week, and that's taking a look at Wednesday night's AEW Dynamite. All right, tell me about Dynamite, my son. Mm, so we open with a classic staple of AEW. A whole uh, bunch of dudes wrestling. Big multi-man tag with many people. Correct. At the same time. Yes. And a, an interesting mixture. You've got like three heels and one face, I guess, at this point, Kinda. right? And then the two top tag teams that are sort of vying for the, the championships, I guess. So kind of some interesting stories involved in this match, which I always like. I think it's kind of interesting because they, they're teasing FTR and the acclaim. Right. Yet and they even got it's a, not them with the title shot. Right. They That's true. They even got a moment of that tease in the match, right? Yeah, which, I saw that. Which I thought was useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the notes there's a tilt world backbreaker by Cash Disorder, which is very nice. Not to interrupt you, the caster rap. Did you catch any of the references? One of them. I a forgot. couple of them are probably over your head. One was to Herschel Walker, and when I was just talking about American politics being like theater for me to sort of consume, he has been a recent one who's majorly in that role. Also, uh, Kyrie Irving reference. Right? Oh yeah, that I got. The anti-Semite who's too dumb to know he's an anti-Semite at this point. And then also a shot at the Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks because they are underperforming this year. Brady came out of retirement again, or sorry, not again, but came out of retirement and they're not really playing well. So I assume this was in Florida, right? Maybe even Tampa. But anyways, that was the, the gist of his I rap. I think he so, said something wrestling related, but I don't I think remember. so too. As usual, um, he did, but I think that was with the Tom Brady reference. Something about you win as much as Tom Brady or the Bucks or something. Anyways. Uh, as always, timely references from Max Caster. I thought it was good. Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. And I'll look up where Dynamite was this week. I'm guessing it had to be in Florida. Yeah, maybe even Tampa. I think so. The coughing has begun. Battle through. If you need me to take over, let me know. Uh, yeah, there's um, stereo crowd count punches by the B faces, so all four corners there are doing the punches. So it's... I mean, say what you want about the hammer and elbows, but I'd rather take stereo that than four stereo punching corners. I guess so. I mean, and it's also better than the when Matt Hardy does the turnbuckle. Oh, where he goes down from the top to the bottom? Mm-hmm. The head smashing? Yeah, I guess. Are you being sarcastic or you actually like it? No, like that's the, the, the black bull is better than that. Oh, yes. I agree. Sorry. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a hot take floor from Bones, which is pretty cool. It's some nice strike combos and whatnot. 
Um, guns hit a smash contraption to Bowens. Caster broke the pin at two. Um, later on, there was a mass brawl in the ring. Everyone was in there. There was a really cool corkscrew dive to the outside um, by Swerve onto the pile of people. Yeah, it looked good. Mm-hmm. Kind of like jumped out. looked like he was doing like a 450 thing, but then kind of all of a sudden yes. corkscrewed it. Something that I don't feel like a ton of people can do, right? Which it's is... like um, when Andrade did like, you know, he like did the springboard and like did like the... Yes. But he kind of like stalled for a second. He would like kind of like... He looked like he was doing a crossbar and then just like... Who is this Andrade you speak of? La Sombra. I know. Does he still exist? Well, I mean, he did try to fight Sammy. True. He did. So I don't know who he was. Yeah. Um, then Dax superplexes Austin Gunn onto the pile on the outside, which is fun. And it was funny how he landed on Keith Leakes. It was just like a landing on a giant pillow and just <laughs> yeah. like gradually falling down. And the way he landed was pretty funny. It looked pretty... Uh, yeah, Keith Lee is, I mean... A great base, obviously, right? Like he's just, yeah, he, you can hit him no problem, and he will take that impact. You could, for you could you. probably superplex Austin just on the Keith Lee, and you'd probably be fine. He's like the anti Miz base because early in his career, he would like get out of the way of mm-hmm. people <laughs> instead of letting them hit him, right? Right. Um. So the finish comes when the claim hit their finisher, Common Colton, the the arrival, and I think the mic drop, and then after your hit, Austin got him with the smash contraption for the win, basically adopting that as the real name. So yeah. They should, obviously. Then I get confused when they call it the big rig, and I'm like, what? Yeah, because it's the smash contraption to us. Yeah, I I like this match. I thought, like, Dax had good fire early on, and then I thought somewhere, like, in the middle, the Bowens hot tag was really good. Like, he had us going, oh, a couple times. The super kick was thrust kick, whatever, Excalibur. Not a thrust kick. (laughs) Uh, And again, like, I like the tease of the FTR acclaim thing. I didn't really see any, did you see any issues between Swerve and Keith Lee? You did, right? Okay. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if there was any or not, but that's another storyline going really? on. Really? I remember school. the one time um, I saw them kind of arguing on the outside when something was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And also the fist bump on the entrance. Right. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was, might have been when there was like the brawl standoff already. He was kind of trying to get Lee in there and Lee's kind of like reluctantly in there. Like when there was a the big standoff, Lee's kind of like not oh, so fighting until he examples. gets attacked. <laughs> that I forgot. So I like it that. It's pretty being... minor. It's kind of like a background. Which element. I like subtle stuff, right? So. You're kind of furthering or reminding us of two storylines within a really fun, like, multi-person match to start the show. So it kind of harkened back to, like, what I call peak Dynamite, where we were getting, like, trios matches and other multi-man stuff in the opener all the time. And it was amazing. So lots of great action in this. Uh, Really, I thought got the crowd energized and was just fun to watch in general. So I thought it was a great open to the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was a solid opener. Kind of harkens back to, like, that, like you were saying. I think everyone saw here, I think we could have had even better with, you know, if you had someone else other than the guns. But they were fine here. Like, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of fine. Swerve's outside dive was pretty cool. Superflex was cool. The hot tag from Bowens was pretty hot. Like, that was good. That definitely picked it up a bit. There's some solid action here. And, like, kind of the underlying Swerve and Lean thing was solid. Teasing the eventual FGR claimed is good. Um, it kind of looks past, I guess, Swerve and Lee, but not like a I'm little expecting bit, yeah. them to win. No, me either. But it's kind of like the Penta thing, I guess. But um, I think this is good. And so it's always start the show, yeah? Yep. Uh, and there's a lot of bells there. They were picking them up off the ramp, FDR, on the way in, mm-hmm. right? There's so oh, many right, belts. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, next, again, MJF interview from a podcast. Yeah, it looked like it, right? They were saying, like, biggest sports podcast. Yeah, I never caught the name, I don't think. Uh, I did, but I forget now. I'll look. I can look it up. Okay. No problem. Um, So, MJF says doctors said for him to be 110% of full gear, <coughs> he shouldn't be traveling so much. 
and all he cares about is that match, and it could be the biggest match of this sport. He says it's because it could be the crowning of a generational talent. He lists all the greatest in pro wrestling. Like he was talking about like Flair, right? Maybe Harley Race. I think. Yep. San Martino, maybe Dusty Rhodes. Didn't mention Hogan, which I love. No, he did. He did. Yep. Oh, I was listening, and I thought he specifically didn't. But... I'm pretty sure he did. Hogan, you know, Rock, Austin. Yeah. Um, and he's saying, uh, for him to cement himself on that list, he needs a long, fruitful title reign, and the only one standing in his way is Moxley. He insults Mox a bunch, but then he says he respects him because he's he was born to be a world champion despite his disadvantages. He did the impossible. He will lose a full gear because MJF was born to be the guy. He can wave the flag at AEW and pro wrestling and bring him back to the spotlight. He says everyone is aware for the throne is for the taking, and he is the one to take it. He says ever since he came to AEW, his spot has been taken by something else. He talks about the Cody, Jericho, the Matt Hardy. Second concussed. place to, or like being overshadowed by a neck tattoo. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> oh, I forgot about his crappy neck that tattoo. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, he says ever since he came to AEW, his spotlight. Oh, I, I read that. Um, wait, no. It's, and he says um, on Full Gear, he won't wait for the spotlight anymore. He will grab it. He says Regal bet on the wrong horse. He says at Full Gear, the devil gets his due. Um, and I thought this was great because I tried my best to go word for word on, on it. I yep. was kind of following him at the best I could. And he kind of slipped back into heel MJF here, which is good. Yes, please. Um, he's still kind of been like he was the past few weeks where he's kind of been less heel. But to me, this felt at least a little more like the MJF we know and love to hate. And to me, that is so much better. He lobbied a bunch of personal insults at Mox. And even while praising him, he was putting himself up on this high pedestal with all the greatest of the greats. And he had a point that the spotlight has never fully been on him and kind of like him being that spotlight hog, but also kind of deserved a bit. Like, I don't yeah. know, it's kind of, he's walking the line there. I thought it was cool. And I thought, I think it was really great because it also felt kind of different being on the podcast. Like, it was kind of a different setting. I agree. So I think that kind of... Not kinda, backstage, not in the ring. That kind of made it feel a little fresh, yes. too, which I, I don't mind. I and agree. some explanation for his absence, which is not bad either. So I think all around this was really well done. So a couple things. The podcast was called Pardon My Take. Never heard of that. And this was taking place in um, Massachusetts, the show. So that makes sense because Brady played there forever and won a million championships there. So that's why the Brady reference. Because he was in New England before. So it's close to there. So that would have been all the Brady fans from the whatever the six Super Bowls, he five or whatever he won there. So Only um, five? I thought it was more. I I don't know. I've lost track at this point. Um, So yes, I also thought this was really good. And... He even did the Mox thing where he put Moxley over a little bit in the beginning of this. Um, he started out a bit more understated than he usually does. And then I thought, like, really good examples of his spotlight being stolen, right? Like, it makes sense to him. It's, it's his heel logic. And I don't think you can refer to yourself as the devil and try to suggest you're a baby face. So I'm confident he's not, and I don't want him to be. But then he got fired up and intense to finish, right? So just another really good MJF segment. He came across as, like, really focused and confident. He's feeling like he's been overlooked and whatever. And that's a simple story to tell. And it's usually effective. So I think he and Mox, right? Like they can build a great build to a match because they're mm-hmm. two of the most consistent talkers in the business. So this was a good segment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because they can kind of just keep kind of right. going off each as other. As long as you want them to, yeah. Right. Um, next, we have a quick Stokely Hathaway promo kind of piggybacks off that, I guess. Um, and he says he thought he and MJF wanted the same things, but somewhere along the line, MJ started dick riding Moxley. Yeah. Something like that. And then he says, win, lose, or drive, full gear, he'll see Max in hell. Um, it was pretty short, but I thought he spoke pretty well. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Yeah, a, my only concern is I feel like it's almost telegraphing the result because I don't feel like AEW champion MJF is dealing with the firm and 
Stokely Hathaway. So MJF losing. That's what I feel like, right? Cause Which I, is interesting because I would have thought, you know, this is MJF's final, right. his crowning moment. But maybe not yet. And, honestly, and he I can don't... carry on the, the spotlight taken away by somebody else this time. I don't maybe know if it's I'm Hathaway. ready for Mox to lose either, even though I, he's had it three times. Right. So I'm just wondering, like, <laughs> as a million-year wrestling fan, like, is your brand champion going to be dealing with this group unless it's the ruse that i have speculated it to be right so i i I, hathaway's great when he talks so i like the segment i just wonder if they're letting me know this is not mjf's time but we'll see yeah that is possible now that i think of it but i don't know we'll see i guess yeah um wait full year is next week i believe so so not not a lot because so, because our next match is the first round of the tournament, and then we had two matches on Rampage, so that's three of the matches done of the first round. So are they maybe doing semifinals and finals at the pay-per-view? I don't know. What is it, full gear? I'll try and look it up. Because it's on the 19th, right? Which is when we're going to an indie as, as well. Oh, but... that's right. Yeah. Thank but you for like... reminding me. I forgot that. But A good indie. But, sure. like, I don't know. that They don't necessarily have a ton of time for... No, to get there. I agree. To get, like, the finals or whatever semifinals on that show. They could do, I guess, like, semifinals and finals there, because that would make more sense, because it's only an eight-man tournament, so technically first round acts as a quarterfinal. Right. But, because, like, we still have, as of now, we still have Archer and Starks to go. So it's saying AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Finals for full gear. Competitors to be announced, obviously. No semifinal? How's that going to work? It's not listed on here. Maybe you do the semifinals on Rampage? I guess. I bet you that could be your whole show. Full Year Friday? Is too good. Well, and Takeshita. Right. So two two full matches of the semis would be a pretty... If you're trying to get Rampage people to watch it again, because we're already going to watch the one that was on last night, just because I want to see... Hell, I'm already watching next week because they got Takeshita. Because we got, what is it, Roosh Bandito, right? So I'm all in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I guess they could do that if they if they throw Starks and Archer on Dynamite, Dynamite then, and then semis on. Then Rampage. you do Cage. What do you think? Oh yeah, Cage Dante, Cage Martin, Bandito, too. and Ethan Page, and either Starks or Starks. Let's be honest. Yeah, Starks probably. Page Cage, Page Cage, <laughs> Starks Page Cage Bandito. Yeah, throw that on Rampage. I think that works, and then you. Also put to cash, and that's a worthwhile rampage. It is, isn't it weird? You kind of have to clarify cages and pages because there's multiple Cage, of each. Ethan Page. I, I assume anyone listening to us knows who we're talking. I mean, to about. be fair, I usually refer to him as Hangman and Christian. So, and Christian, right? I don't right. use the cage too much. You're right, because he was only ever Christian Cage in Impact. Remember that was our joke. You could have a match with it was Cage, Cage, Page, Page, and I thought there was something else there. Too. You could do Orange Cassidy, Isaiah Cassidy. I guess, yeah, yeah, true. Um, I feel like there's another one too. Is there not another Cage or Page? I feel like I thought there was. That's what I mean. I thought there was a fifth one. I in just there. saw it too. I f- it's gonna I consume you. Is. I shouldn't have brought this up on air because now you're distracted. Keep going. Um, Talk about dynamite. Well, there's a middle rope shoulder, shoulder tackle by Page sends Kingston to the outside, and then he hits another one off the apron. I like the one off the apron. Look cool. I thought beefy. it's so simple, right? But such like solid impact. That's how Masahiro Chono beat Rick Rude in the 1992 G1 Climax to win the vacant NWA oh World Heavyweight Championship. Oh my god, why would you know that? Uh, YouTube. Recently watched YouTube, I'm guessing? Yeah, I rewatched the, the recount. Nice. They don't, they, I, don't, I wish they would do more of those, because they have like five bull club ones, but it's only updated to when Jay White took over, before he had a beard, so that was a, a while, while ago. ago. 
and same with the Chaos, it's up to the same point. Literally, baby. Which is Okada and Nakamura's faction. Right. And then they have two on the G1. Like, I wish they would update those. Specifically, Bullet Club. Well, I assume those people are listening, so just do it. Yeah, just They're do among it. our millions and millions just of listeners, right? Yeah, Kevin Kelly or whatever. Yeah, so do it. Make it happen, okay? Because I, I decree it so. Uh, there's a suplex on the outside of the page, which just looks solid. Uh, later on, there's a strike hmm. exchange. Exploder by Kingston. Um, Kingston had the stretch plum in, and Paige was tapping, but Hathaway was distracting the ref. Ortiz chased him away, or as Chris Jericho would say, Ortiz. Right. Uh, he does. Which always, that always amused me. Uh, Paige boots Kingston. He tries to counter with a, a bang back fist, but Paige ducks that, hits a roundhouse. Finish comes with an avalanche, ego's edge for the win, because yeah. that's it how he do. Took them a minute to get set up and get the grip for it, but um, it was good. Uh, I mean, my I, a complaint is with these two guys involved. I would love that there was actually a build to this because you give them weeks to like cut promos on each other, and I would be there for all of that. But anyways, uh, nice to see Eddie Kingston back in the ring, and this was like a pretty hard hitting slugfest. A, a nice contrast to the opener, right, where it was really fast paced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like this didn't get a ton of time, but a nice clean win for Paige. Clean in quotation marks because. <laughs> They kind of protected Eddie a bit by having the page tapping out and the ref missing it, right? But at the end of the day, uh, Paige did win clean. And I like this match kind of for what it was, which is a very vague thing to say. But And FNS Wrestling loves Ethan Page, so we're pretty happy for him. Uh, Hamilton boy. And it's what I've sort of been saying the last couple of weeks. It feels like he is being elevated slightly, and maybe he's going to establish himself as the main event level guy in the firm, if there even is one in that group. So I'm... I'm pretty happy with him being Big the if. one getting some focus, right? He needs more opportunities to cut promos, though, which is why being in a group with Hathaway might not be ideal, but because um, the man is a fantastic talker, especially when he gets mad, right? Like, if you haven't seen Ethan Page cut really angry promos, he's fantastic. So, yeah, I liked, again, I like this for what it was, which I hate saying, but that's that fits. You? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's pretty solid for what it was. It was pretty good. Um, <coughs> I'm pretty happy, uh, Ethan Page comes as looking pretty strong and they've be definitely been upping his presentation lately, which is really great to see. I think he, he de it's well-deserved. I agree. Um, he's got, he got a good amount of offense here. He looked good against Kingston. The slight downside to that being, I think Kingston got a little less than he should, but with Page's presentation being good, I'd say a few more minutes to top this up would have been nice. I mean, if this was slightly longer, it would have been good. Like, or it would have been better. But I think the finish is good, too. The Avalanche Eagles, that's just pretty cool. I'm happy Paige moves on here. I could see him going to the finals. You could probably... I could see them booking Paige Starks. Me, too. I would watch that. Although, then Bandito loses, so... I feel like they tried to protect Kingston here with the fake tapo, and it took, like, an Avalanche version of the finisher, right? So that's a little bit of a, you know... Yeah. Eddie's still good, but... I feel like the way it could go is, with the firm being around, Paige beats Bandito. I don't know how the bracket works, because... Yeah. I... I never saw a full bracket, so just off of my guesswork here, I could see it being uh, Paige cheaply beats Bandito because that's I don't really see Bandito getting a title shot, and that kind of keeps him looking decent. And then you could have Starks get past Archer, kind of like a David versus Goliath thing, and then he could probably do the same with Brian Cage. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, but I think that would work. And then Starks I have Paige. the bracket. Yeah. So um, Paige wins, so he faces either Bandito or Rouge. Okay, so I'm right. Yeah. I <laughs> And then on the other side, Archer, Starks, Brian Cage, Dante Martin. So I'm guessing probably, Cage and Starks. Yeah. Makes so sense. So then right? I'm my theory could happen. Could happen. Yep. So, and that was with me not. Look at me knowing. looking things up in real time like a boss over here. 
I totally guess. And because it. I choose good audio equipment, I don't even think the keyboard sounds are being picked up. Because like I'm an audio it. nerd now. Don't do that. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I actually have Roosh Dark Order thing. Um, Jose says they wanted 10 here, and he says Roosh will win the tournament, even though he already hasn't. <laughs> I guess, but... I digress. Yeah. Um, And become an AEW champion, even though he can't now. At least not for a he while. He will. Dang it. He better. Right. And they'll give 10 the first shot, and the rest of them will never get one. Um, Roosh says to think about that because he doesn't get second opportunities, and Silver says back off Roosh bag. <laughs> Silver just being amusing, <laughs> as always. That's just really funny. Gets one line, and it's funny, right? So <laughs> That's I, easily my favorite part of So it. I love Roosh, and I actually find his fascinating fascination with 10 interesting for some reason i'm like i don't get it i don't really care i kind of do i'm curious to see where it goes so i guess for me that means this is successful because i'm like why 10 right and why are you a heel offer like you must see so much in him that you want to be aligned with him that you're like i'll even offer you a title shot so i find that interesting uh and i do want to find out why uh but it and roosh can argue like the dark order hasn't really gotten 10 a title shot in a million years or however long they've been together but Roosh is willing to do it right away sort of thing right I don't know I've, I'm okay with it even though he's already lost the I tournament wish, I wish Roosh were in a bigger program but at least he's on and TV you Andrade back in with him right at least he's on TV when many people aren't right mm-hmm. so whatever easily best part was John Silver though yes <laughs> Roosh is in an awesome awesome <laughs> heel Roosh bag no that, that, that's awesome <laughs> Um, Wardlow's next with the TNT Open Challenge versus Ari Davari. With... He's offering up VSK as a butler. Yeah. And he's saying, like, he, now Wardlow was a butler, but now he could have his own. Nice touch. And oh, Davari's good on the mic, right? Oh, like, how the turntables yeah. have turned. Right. Oh, how the turntables. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of funny. And Wardlow. you did recognize VSK right away. I, I actually, like, I actually I was like, like him. I was like, since when did that happen? But I thought he was a good fit for Impact, but I guess he didn't stick there either. It's it was kind of, well he's also the Cardona family I think in NWA. Oh really? Yeah, I think he's Which, fine. You you know who else is in that faction? No. Mike Knox. Oh really? Yeah, we were just talking a while ago that oh, NWA WWE seems fame. to be slipping a little bit. Yeah. But anyways. Yep. Mike Knox, formerly of Truth and Consequences. Right. With our truth. Right. NXT superstar. Correct. Um. But yeah. So what was I saying? Uh, this match, Wardlow and no, I was uh something profound. Hmm, wait, I don't remember. So move on. Ah, damn it! What was I gonna say? I couldn't tell oh, you. Nuts. I don't know. But this is fascinating. Um, so there's a headbutt by Wardlow, and then that <laughs> that Larry D does, which I don't. I I was saying I I it looks funny, so I like it, and it does look kind of effective. Yeah, because he just like clubs him at the end. It is, but I also hate it because it looks goofy. It's sports entertainery, but the impact from it is still decent, right? So so yeah, like I torn. like it a lot, but I I also think it sucks. You have a complicated relationship with it. Yeah, yeah. Powerbomb, 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 etc. Wardlow wins. Um, he calls out Hobbs at afterwards. Says he finally has a suitable challenger. Yes. Um, Hobbs is out now. And yes. uh, thanks him for finally coming out face to face. We won't get the title; it's his. He'll take every title in the company. Joe no like. Joe, Joe hit Wardlow with belt. That Joe choked Wardlow with hands. That one little comment was enough for Joe to be like, "We're done here. You think you're getting my title? Uh, uh-uh. uh." And I loved it. I know yeah, it was I mean, super sudden and whatever, but it was. But it's that's that's Joe, right? I, I mean, also he, he a really hair trigger could be 
um reading too much into it but when Wardlow's make his entrance to like the backstage you see joe just kind of weighing there he looked kind of mm-hmm. angry mm-hmm. so i i don't know i was i was underwhelmed with the open challenger right whenever they say open challenge you're hoping for somebody new or cool or whatever and it wasn't but uh davari sold pretty well i thought here and then at least there were developments after the match like heel wardlow hobbs heel hobbs is so cool we're both like on board for hobbs right now right like he's just i don't know there's something about him i think he's you were kind of always a hobbs guy i was always even before uh he joined team tags yeah i just think he's super cool um and i really liked like as i said the one wrong thing that's not even directed at joe is enough for joe to snap i have no (laughs) you could even go with the logic that that title's not in the company but right so the the match, whatever the aftermath, I, th- I thought was useful. Yeah. <coughs> oh boy. <clears throat> I found myself like coughing like you earlier when it goes like really bad, and then you just get like that weird feeling. Yeah. When you cough really loud, you can just like, I don't know. You got like a you get like a real thing going. A real know. thing going. I don't know. It's true. You know, you know how you cough sometimes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, squash match, that happened. Post match is interesting though. I like them positioning Hobbs as the next challenger because Hobbs, I agree, finally someone worth Super cool. worthwhile. Uh, yeah, and that would be just a nice big man match, hopefully, right? Because <laughs> I still loved Cage and, and Wardlow was awesome. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, but just as interesting as Joe's turn, um, Heal Samojo is awesome. Even in WWE, I remember seeing clips of that one promo. I think it was like... <coughs> oh, no. He was like... I think it was before some multi-man things. He was like ripping on... Orton and Jeff Hardy and someone else. Yeah. I think maybe Ali. He was just great. like, and that was in WWE on the main roster. So imagine what he can do here if he's just yes. let loose. And so I think that'd be great. You could do a Haas three way at full gear, and I would for love sure. it. Me too. Just, I don't do that for you and do a double title. I don't care. Yep. I'm fine. Ho- Hobbs has both. Yes. Joe being angry. Angry Joe is awesome, Joe, for sure. Still to this day. You can have my water, dude, if it helps. Yeah. You. I just won't drink water. it. Water. After your germy face touches it, go ahead. It's all yours. Nice and cold. Next, we get Renee with Jade and the baddies. Um, says something about she'll whoop not his ass, take the title, that she's that biatch, whatever. And I don't know. Don't care. Something. All I noted was Jade towers over the baddies, like by like a foot, it looks like. And uh, like great attitude from Jade, as always, in a really quick promo. But it almost still feels like she's almost the baby face here, right? Like she got her title stolen. I don't know. I find it a little confusing. It's not clear, and they they won't spend enough time on any women's stuff to make it clear. So we just get what we get, right? Yeah, so fine. I don't really care. Nope, I'm not a big carer either. Like this, the build for this match has not been great. It might be an okay match. I kind of like Nyla. I don't know if she and Jade can put a good match together, but I guess we'll find out. I don't think it should be on the pay per view per se. Doesn't feel but... like it needs to be to me. Because, but again, I don't know when but... they're going to build a women's match that does feel that way. <laughs> I know they're trying with Soraya and Britt right I now. would rather that than see Jeff, Jarrett, and Sting. Yeah, that's a bad idea. In the same match. In 2022. 20 in a, years after Jeff Jarrett started his company, presumably when they might have wrestled. In a company where dozens of super talented people can't get on anything. Darby's We're like gonna right there. We're going to focus on Jeff Jarrett and Sting. Upsets me, but... Like, People why are love they nostalgia, right? I'm devoid of why are they not doing somehow. why are they not doing it like Jer or sorry, I mean lethal. It should be lethal Darby Allen three. I would watch that. Wait, we over. need a tiebreaker, right? That feels more worthy. Yep. Anywho, anywho. Um, next we get Soraya Baker in ring. 
we do face to face, as they say, even though Soraya keeps, as you noted, keeps turning her face away from Brit's fake. Yeah, she just like her face, like, speaking to the crowd. Like, I don't know, it's weird. She just kept turning and talking to the crowd, right? Where I would, yeah, it wasn't directed at Brit so much. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, I so, probably nitpick Soraya because I'm not a fan. Oh, I really didn't like it for some reason. I don't know. I just it felt anyways, like everything she said, I just disliked. I, same. I'll talk about that <laughs> when you're done summarizing it for us. Um, so Soraya said a couple weeks ago she did MRIs, X-rays, whatever stuff thing. Worst kept yeah. secret in wrestling coming here. And she said, unfortunately. For Brit, and I even said it after that. Yeah, right? you literally no, you said it like for a you. second before. Yeah. I, said, and I was um, like, goes, oh. unfortunately, I go for you, and then she said she's for like Brit. one. She says she's one hundred percent clear, which I thought the delivery on her line was really weird. She's not. Anyways, keep going. I'll, I'll I save. My I don't know ranting. why. Um, and so she says, "AW is her house." Um, Baker trashed the fans for being fickle, and she says that Saraya is cleared. So she wonders if Saraya even knows how to do this. Shocking. Um, Baker said that Soraya has been coming after Baker since the day that she got there. Baker told Soraya that she built AW from the ground up and that became a fortress and superstars like Soraya want to move into it. Um, Baker said she didn't like Soraya calling it her house and Baker said that Soraya didn't lay a single brick and she guess why Soraya is obsessed with brick because Brit is everything that Soraya wishes she could have been. And Brit like said that. Soraya left her house and walked into Brit's house. And Britt said, we don't do walk-ins, so that was funny. make an appointment. Yeah, I And that I was, was like, that should have been the mic drop. I agree. But then Soraya speaks. So, uh, Soraya said that Baker puts herself on a pedestal, and she got put in the position by Tony Khan. Uh-huh. Isn't everybody put in every position by Tony Khan? <laughs> like, how is that uh, any sort of It's not like revelation. she, like, got her... If anything, she made her own popularity from, like, the, you know, all the matches and stuff. Yeah. Like, she... If anything, it's the opposite. Right, like Khan didn't put her in that position, and she sort of Khan like, put her in like the babyface position that she, she was became, in when we hated her, and she became undeniable as a heel, it's, and then away we went. That's like saying Vince put Becky in the position, right? It's, it's basically like that, and then all like, and the Booker puts everyone in every position. So how is that a criticism, right? You're that's a criticism of you. I mean, I see how it Tony is. Tony Khan but... brought you in and put you in this spot. Yeah, and it's even more. It's anyway. more true with her. Anyways, we love to nitpick Soraya. Um, and she was fed QT's trainees. Sure. Who would that be? I don't know. Back then, uh, Soraya said Britt has only been on camera for three years. While Soraya has been in the business thirty years, so she's thirty. Oh, and she's thirty years old. Oh, right, because wasn't her mom like pregnant with her or something? And then well, she's she, like, born into a wrestling family, right? So I think that's the point. Is she and making. Baker got put on a position. I don't know. Well, Baker wasn't born into a wrestling I really family, wanted so. Britt to get the last word here, and she didn't. Not even close. I know. Um, and professionally, 17 years. Soraya told Britt she didn't know what it takes to be a superstar or a star. Um, Soraya talked about how she got hit by a car and wrestled the same day because she loves this business. She told Britt she handed out resumes and got turned down since she was female. Ooh. Female. Uh, Soraya claimed she started revolutions before they were a trend. She talked about being in MSG 02 in Tokyo Dome. I don't know when she'd be in Tokyo Dome, but sure. And now she's standing in front of an ungrateful biatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of Michael Scott saying the ungrateful biatch hotline. Soraya <laughs> uh, spoke about how she was publicly humiliated in front, of, in front of millions of people. Don't remember, but sure. I believe it, though. Talked about having a drug addiction, and she gave her career neck for this business. I don't remember how she got injured, so please enlighten me. Uh, Soraya told Baker she didn't have a clue what it takes to make it. He said this will be her comeback starting the biggest match of Brit's career. 
and she challenges her to full gear. Um uh and so Baker charges her doctor hit um the that her package DT thing, which you remember do you remember what it was called? Page Turner. No, that was her other move. Page something. The rampage. Rampage, right. <laughs> right. Because the page turner was the like um lightning spiral kind yeah, of that thing. Yeah, like that side Al does. Something, yeah. Yeah. Um so I thought it was I thought this was a solid segment because I really like Baker's poem. Like I was like I was like everything she was saying, I was like, Yeah, yeah. That yes, agreeing. Right. Me agreeing. Yeah. And I enjoyed this it. This is what me agreeing looks like. This that me agree with that mm-hmm. word. Um and Soraya was like, I don't know, it felt kind of braggy for a baby face, and then it felt like everything I said was like, no, I know, no, shut up, no. I think your and problem with your mind. Everything mind. just kind of irked me. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like I was very like, it was very much the I'll try and explain it. You might agree because Baker was like, I don't know everything. I just agree with it. I thought she was really, like, and she has such a mic drop line. And why is like, I don't know. I thought her last night she kept going, you know what it takes to make you, and I was like. She's made it. Yeah, like, right. Are you, are you are you kidding me? She's bigger than and you. Why did she get the mic drop when Baker's ending line was way better? The only cool thing she did was hit the rampage. Yeah. Um. And we back we went back to double check. I I described the reaction for Soraya coming out as lukewarm, despite Taz calling it a massive ovation. No, I did not. See it was that. a somewhat sizable pop. I will, to be fair, say that when she announced she's cleared, that was a pretty big reaction. So I'm going to be fair. It was. Yeah, even though who thought otherwise. Right. So I have little interest in Soraya. I think that's clear. But if it brings back prime heel which Britt Baker, did. which I think it is like we're on that road at least, then it might be worth it, right? Um, but the, then Britt to me, and like what you're saying, Britt's the heel here clearly, but I think she's right. You know what I mean? So that's always an awkward position. And so here's my explanation. I'm disconnected from Soraya. She's presented and she speaks like she's a returning legend, right? And I just don't see it. She's she was good for that she's time. She's good in the ring. She's fine on the mic. She is not legendary just because you've been born into a wrestling family and been around it 30 years. That doesn't mean you are Ric Flair or you're, you know, something like that. I, I wouldn't even like call her like a big generational like a multi-generational superstar like Orton, like I mean, like where he's like Agreed. Orton's family's big, Rock's family is Good. big, like even like I, don't know, I guess DiBiase Jr. Like I mean, he wasn't, but like no. his dad was, right. like you know. So I just Cody Rhodes there. You're trying to tell me she is this returning legend that we've all been waiting for forever, and she's not for me. I don't know about other people. The reaction seems kind of mixed for her. When I looked at the AW comments on the one post, yeah. it seemed a little more like your thoughts than I expected cuz I thought people Right. were mostly but like I saw a decent amount of like what we're saying. So I don't think the segment was bad either, mostly cuz I just want to see Brit's edge come back and this is bringing it out in her, so that's great. Um and we all knew she was cleared to wrestle or she wouldn't be there engaged in this storyline the way she has been, so that was no surprise. And I will say, I don't think the segment ran too long, and I had feared that it might. So I actually, overall, considering it's more than half Soraya, had not too many problems with this. Yeah. Um, next, we get a lethal segment thing. Because that man gets on TV every week. Which is Who not gets more I, time than him? I know. It's not what I would have expected when he signed. And it's not even like he wins, really. He's just, they've realized how useful he is, right? So they use him, and yeah, it makes sense. To be fair, he is useful. I he think. is. Once Ring of Honor starts up, he'll go back there because he was think. 
primarily Ring of Honor. They're for probably a while. like, you can pick, start picking up wins there, bud. Just for now, put on really good matches and let people win. I mean, to be fair, he did just win. Yeah, that's true. He wins the odd one. I'd say he wins like one out of four or something. Well, he need we need a buffer with Darby, and also Darby needs to start upping his face paint game. Yeah, like do better. Mm-hmm. I need good figures. God. Ugh. All right, back to the show. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So they were talking to the factory. Um. TJR just wrote it as occurred to him. He just wrote QT Marshall's group. Yeah. Can't, can't blame. This was just like factions mashed together. Right. Um, and so some, they were paying off Cole Carter for that. Um, so cool, I guess. QT Marshall took some of the money out for himself, I guess, and gave a bit to Carter. So sure, okay. Um, Super interested saying, in whatever. Next they time, do. half off or whatever. Best friend showed up. QT suggested that Orange Cassidy put up the Atlantic title against Lee Johnson because because he's in the factory, like and uh, and a contender for anything ever. Right. Um, Cassidy said yes. Cool. Apparently that match was solid. Yeah, I don't think Lee Johnson's bad. I you like him less than I do. It's just like he's been invisible forever, unless I guess yeah, you're watching internet he stuff. He returned and joined the factory. I was like, uh, sure. So I I don't know. I thought this was a weird segment yeah, with and then multiple after, factions. Yeah, together. Lethal was calling them scumbags. Or sorry, Beretta, Trent Beretta, as I will always refer to him as. Jay, he called Jay Lethal's group scumbags, uh, and then Jay asked if he wanted to do something about it. And Trent said Trent Beretta said he'll fight him on Dynamite. So yeah. Yeah, it, um, was, it was short. It was fine. It was fine. Since when was Lee Johnson in the factory, though? I don't know. I don't even know. The factory I just is such an afterthought. I don't really spend much time thinking about them, frankly. Where's our, uh, where's our boy Gut Punch? <laughs> He's a go-go? Yeah. I don't know where he is. But I, think it, I think it's because that move is just far too devastating, so they can't even have him in the ring with their talent. Right. Because it's that like, gut punch will take years off your life, right? And your career. So Well, he would just be undefeated that. forever. Correct. So. That too. We just we They can't have to decide have do we want him as our champion forever infinitely? And I guess the answer was no. I guess so, right? Cuz yeah. like if you do that like I don't know, it just kind of puts you in an awkward position. What kind of like it? what was the that? Wardlow times a million. Was that the way in that was one of my all-time least favorite AEW segment yep. has to be up there, right? It was that. It was painful. The most patriotic promo of all time. That ended racism? The, the promo to end racism. Right. Featuring the baby to end racism. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the, and the funny thing is, like, we're only exaggerating slightly, right? Uh, if, if people haven't seen that stuff. Like, we are exaggerating, but not as much as you would think when we say it's the, the way baby he to was talking racism. about it. It's like, yes. Oh, that's my favorite running joke is the baby to end racism. Yep. There's that, and then there's the number five rankings, which yes. is, uh, yeah, the, the, someone say the feud to end racism. Correct. So, like, I mean, that was, I mean, he was a heel, a baby face heel this year, but god damn it, he was a baby face last year. <laughs> Red, white, and blue, baby. Some classic stuff. Yes. I'm surprised when he won the TNT title, he didn't make it like all like an American flag looking thing, or like you do like a a black and white design, so it's like you know the, like a yin and yang the, symbol. The championship to end racism, right? Like the title reign to end racism, like Cody. That should have been Cody Rhodes' gimmick. Like I don't like missed opportunity. I guess. I guess that's why he left. Wait, and so his dad was the American Dream when dreams could be like. All, you know, light, have a dream. white and peachy. Could have been the Martin Luther King. <laughs> oh my God, I had I have an American dream. <laughs> oh, they left money on the table <laughs> there. Oh, 
Oh, oh, that'd be good. Or like nightmare would be like dark, and then dreams would be like light, and then balances out. See, ending ending dream racism. Right. No. Sorry, digression. <laughs> it happens with us sometimes. And you know he's got people of color like Jay Lethal employed. So right. Boom. Perfect. Jay Lethal versus Trump right next up. Um. So Lethal attack Trump right on the ramp. The chop block. I think at one point you send him in the stairs, and he just went flying over, which always looks goofy. Yeah. Um, so he targets the knee with kicks and then shouldn't break a dragon screw, which is a pretty nice combination. The half and half by Bretta, which looked pretty nice. It did. Avalanche half and half and then running knee, which just turned lethal inside out. Looked I remember great. that reminded me of when um Guevara was TNT champion. Lethal faced him for the title. Lethal's and good. He took one of those pump knees. I remember you thought it looked funny because the way he sold it pretty good. Yes. He just kinda went like flopping. Yes. Um, off the distraction from his peeps, Lethal wins with a lethal injection. He kind of did like a fireman's carry spin where he just like dropped him on his stomach. And as he was getting up, he did a lethal injection, which I like because it makes him look less dumb. 100%. It's not even like a move that's impactful, but it's just like a setup move, which I think is perfect. Because he's going to get up in a manner that allows you to... Because that's not like, that's not a move to meant to do much. Correct. So I think that was perfect. Because sometimes they do look silly, a little silly waiting for it. Yeah, you're right. Which I, I remember seeing the clip of that. I was like, I kind of like that. Me too. Like, it's just like, that's you should kinda, add that every time. That's a little touch. Like, unless, like, he's catching someone with it. Yes. Like, I think that, yeah, I think that was a smart decision. Yep. Um, Post match, that was saying they delivered last week with their good friend Jeff Jarrett. He comes in. <gasps> and so here's what I wrote. Yep. Insert notes about Jeff Jarrett promo here, unless I forgot. Did so, you forget? Yep. Nice. Well, I remembered, and I was like, nah, I'm good. He kind of sounded for me like a baby face because it was like, I've known this guy since this, and I've done this. And it's like you're wearing this heel stuff, and you're you know you're all black cowboy. The last nonsense. outlaw, right? And all so what you're saying in third person. It just didn't work for me. I don't know, but the match, um, lethal. I think quietly, right, has had a really good year since, especially since coming to AEW. Um, I like the pre-match attack because that's a simple story to tell in that match, right? You've got he's going to attack that, and weakness, it kind of follows the trend, like with them. And Trent can be the resilient baby face, so I love with that them like target attacking Darby, so it kind of continues that. Right, so quick, solid match with Lethal, Lethal doing some good selling along here, and um, my notes say, Jarrett needs to stay backstage. It's 2022, and the roster's full of people who can't get on TV. Dresses a heel, associates with heels. Sounds like a basic baby face for most of this here. That is all. Mm-hmm. Um, match was solid. Lethal did a solid job of targeting the knee, but there wasn't a whole lot else. Uh, Trempa looked a little dumb but in the finish, but uh, it was solid. Um, oh, wait, no, he didn't. Never mind. <laughs> uh, the post match was lame. Like, who cares? Jared's promo was boring. I don't give a crap. Um, it's tag hard match to. for full it's gear. Really no hard. thank you. Um, tack that up with all the Sting pay per view matches I don't want, and also the Paul White match I didn't want. Right. And next we get Jungle Boy interview. He says Cage and Luchasaurus um, said that they were done with him, but he d- they don't get to decide that. He says it's far from over. He says he has a challenge for them at full gear, but he tell them at, he'll tell them at Rampage. It's a cage match. Building some intrigue, I guess. Jungle Boy sounded fine, but we all knew this feud wasn't over, right? Mm-hmm. So this isn't new information, but it was fine. It was quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it should be cool. Um, it was quick, but it was solid. Um, next, we get Moxley speaking. He says he was around 25. Or, sorry, this is in the ring. With Regal. Um, with Regal. Uh, he was around 25 when Regal met him. Back then, he thought he knew it all. He loved to talk trash around his mouth. He wanted to be like Regal and be feared and respected. And to get that respect, he tried to pick a fight with Regal, and it didn't go well, where he got the crap kicked out of him, which pissed him off, because it showed him where he was in the food chain. He says he worked his ass off, so next time he beat a, a, 
or so next time he beat Regal, knocked him out, and then Regal said the real work begins. And he said that reminds them of MJF because in the summer of 2020, MJF challenged him, thought he knew it all, and Mox torched him. And he says MJF has come back around, and what's different this time? He talks about how MJF portrays himself in all the things he says he is, and kind of dismisses those. And he says MJF isn't even close to being the devil. He says he and Regal do want him to fulfill his potential one day, but he wants to see what's in his guts, and he'll bring it. He'll bring it out of him. He says. He wants to remember everything up until this point has been easy. Yeah, and then drop literally mic drop, right? I think after that. Uh I thought Mox's tone was different to start here and I liked it. It was like he was you used the word too. It was dismissive of MJF, right? Like you say it's almost he had a little smirk on his face even at one point, right? Like you say you're all these things that you're rich and that you're a pillar of this company and kinda like you really haven't done anything, bud, kind of idea. So I because I think MJF's character, that kind of treatment would drive him crazy, mm-hmm. right? Like being dismissed. Right, yeah, you were telling me, you were talking to me about that. So right. I think that makes a lot of sense here. And then, of course, Mox finish up. He shifts to more intense Mox and sort of uh, gets into promote the match mode, which I think is always smart, right? He's just as consistent on the mic as you're going to get. And I thought this was a good segment and felt like the perfect length to me. Like, this is something in WWE that they would have gone like an extra few minutes that I would have been like, it's good, but it could have been a few minutes shorter. Here, I thought this was a good length, and I quite liked it. Regal mm-hmm. didn't really do anything, but uh, the segment was good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought another good promo from Mox. Never tired of saying that because it's just always the case. It's kind of so consistent. The bare minimum to say is yeah. always good. Um, I like this comparison of his young self to MJF because when I thought about it, it actually kind of made sense. You can kind of see the connection there. Um, I like him just calmly being like, no, to all the MJF <laughs> yeah, things, like just kind of saying like he's dealt with worse. And I think overall it was another great one from Mox. They're building this match really well. I think. Three. Um, despite that confusion, confusion MJF, but I guess we'll we'll kind of see. What I'm comes sure to that. it will become clear at the pay per view, or at least that's what I hope happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so then next we get an elite vignette. It seems to hint at them a full gear. It was like full gear graphic and stuff, and then there was fast photo spins of the elite. You could see actually flashes of CM Punk, Kevin Owens, and Cody and Balor, and clock imagery as like the countdown is like right. time so, is coming. I think they're coming to full gear. I guess. I I thought this was really cool. Again, yeah, another really cool vignette that explains nothing. You I, get nothing from not this. one word spoken, but you kind of get an idea. But you're left to sort of be like, it kind of looks like they're coming back soon, but who knows? So I I don't right. know. I thought it was really cool presentation and just a really quick slick way to remind us that mm-hmm. you're not wasting their big reaction, right? You're just kind of building to it with these little. It's kind of like the whole. We know CM Punk is coming, right? But he, but we're not a hundred percent. So I, it's smart, and I thought it looked really slick. Oh, you're comparing them to CM Punk? Well, not only in that that we know it's happening, but we don't know it's happening, sort of deal, right? CM that they Punk. did really well. CM Punk. I've heard of him. Uh... Carry on. Or cough violently. Um, next we get Brian Danielson Guevara package. Uh, Guevara saying he has Danielson's number now, and he, this time will be different. I mean, it kind of has to be different being two or three falls and all, but yep. I digress. Danielson's angry, but all the disrespect, he'll take it on Guevara, kick his head and blah, blah. Danielson almost gave me chills with this, man. He was super, like, I loved it. I, it felt real to me, right, that he is tired of all of this nonsense, and he's, he's moving on, and I thought he was fantastic here. He yeah, got, I thought Guevara that was really good. Guevara didn't get to say too much. I thought Danielson killed this. He just mm-hmm. feels real, man. The dude is real. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, Danson was awesome here. And then we moved to Jamie Hader, Sky Blue. Hey, this is our women's match. Yeah. It's got Sky Blue in it. Yay. No offense to Sky Blue. This is your only women's match. Yeah. With Sky Blue in it. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Yep. Um. So, uh, there is a backbreaker splitter suplex by Hater, which was pretty cool. She's awesome. Just win with the backbreaker, goddamn it. <laughs> Um, and then there is a uh, call it code blue because that just seems to make sense. Yeah, look, that was cool. Yeah, the, I mean the transit, the way it was set up was really stupid. Right, but the actual move, the way she got there, looked good. Yeah. Um. So that got her a two count. Um. Hater won with the ripcord lariat. Um. <laughs> That's so it, eh? it was fine, but again, low tier women's match marred by a commercial break with a short run time and low card talent. Uh. No zero build. Uh, Hater looked solid, thought Sky Blue was okay best. Guess he's a Hater a bit, but it was just fine. Yeah, it got more time than I expected. So, cause, so because of that on one level, I'm annoyed that Hater, to me, who they're trying to build as a main eventer, and I think they should, she had some trouble with someone like Sky Blue, right? But in the early going, it was because um, Blue ran her into the ring post, which I thought Hater made look really good. So that gave Blue an advantage, which made sense. And then I think it was also thrown in that, like, Hater was a little bit distracted because Tony Storm came to ringside with Sky Blue, right? So it's, that was throwing her off a little bit. Uh, Hater's offense is crisp and impactful. I think she's really cool. I'm not sure that she'll beat Tony Storm, and I don't actually. I don't think she will, but I think she's a future champion. Like she's somebody I would keep at the near the top of that card. And the crowd, it's almost like they they missed their chance because the crowd was really into her for a few weeks, right? It seems to have cooled off a little bit, but I still think she's awesome. And again, this was your only women's match. And yes, it got a three-minute commercial break in the middle there. So uh, good for Hater. She's cool. Sky Blue is fine. I agree. Mm-hmm. Next. Um, Brian Cage on a Martin package. Speaking oh of Sky Blue, because this is her guy. And I was just like, oh boy, this is two guys that struggle cutting promos, cutting promos. So this could be fun. But it was pretty brief. Uh, yeah, so Cage says Martin is once-in-a-generation talent. But Cage is once-in-a-lifetime, and he ain't better than Cage. Hold on. Is once in a generation worse than once in a lifetime? Is that different? What's the distinction there? Just there hit me mul- as you said mul- that. Multiple generations in a lifetime, I guess. I guess? I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Because, I mean, Mike, Shawn Michaels, for example, but isn't worked through multiple generations. Your generation, your lifetime? I, I, I don't know. Smarter people than I will have to. Transcends generations, I guess. I guess. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. It just hit me when you said that. Like, wait, is one really that much better than the other? I guess so. Okay. We'll trust (sighs) Cage. I mean, he is a machine. He is a machine, and a machine would know the technical difference. That's why they call him Cage. Right. Um, Martin says, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Cage will find it out the hard way. He says, he isn't just a man, he's a machine. That's why they call him Cage. Yeah. So they kept it short. They both sounded fine, which is the best you can hope for out of them. So, Yeah, they're never the strongest, but <laughs> uh, this is solid. Yep. <sighs> Tired man? Needs to go to bed sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or become a true man in our family and nap whenever no. the opportunity arises. Never. Me, my dad, my grandfather, peak nappers. We are professional. You know me. I'm a great napper. Mm-hmm. Give me 20 minutes, boom, I'm back, full charge. Let's yeah. go. Sorry, go ahead. Um, so next main event, Danielson, Guevara, two of three falls. I almost used our last name on that when I said that. When I was going to say become a true man. I almost used our last name. And that's bad because... Well, I don't know. I, we're 121 episodes in and I've never revealed my name. Because <laughs> that's just how I am. I don't know. Every, your name's on it would every you week. Would like me to no, say No, I would not. 
you can well, keep that to yourself. That fair? I don't know. It's just the way it is. I always just say I am your host, right? I don't. I don't that's know. Not fair. I just never have. Probably never will, cause I'm weird. I'm gonna get you one day. Probably. Anyways, go ahead. I feel like I've done that before, but I don't think you have, cause I listen back to almost every episode, not in its entirety, I guess. So you could just edit it out. I could, but I'm not that motivated. Depends. Oh, then I, th- I think my solution would be to say it in so many times in vital <laughs> scenarios where you can't. Cut right. It out. In the middle of something important, like just yell I'll, it. I'll, I'll report. <laughs> I'll be reporting a news story, and then I'll, I'll, I'll just shout your name. And then it. I'll get better at audio engineering and find a way to know it. I'll just say it at every turn. Yeah, <laughs> constantly. <laughs> It'll be a constant. Or Is you'll, it... like, break into the where I post it and change the description to just my name 40 times in a row. <laughs> Episode 122 featuring... <laughs> this guy, <laughs> a.k.a. this guy. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. A.k.a. Jack and father name. Yep insert dad's name. Uh, there's a diving shotgun dropkick by Danielson. Danielson got the first fall as Ty Mel was standing in his way to protect did you Guevara. Ta- did you mention... Guevara just flung a chair at him. Like, yeah. Did you good. mention Archer Starks? Nope. Archer kills Starks. That's it. Throws him into a garage door, blah, blah, blah. Archer's back. Archer Sorry. still exists. Yes, the throwing of the chair in the face was like, came out and it was awesome. It looked great. <laughs> they actually called a DQ there. And I was really happy for that because I'm like, you can't ignore that. Although they did ignore the aftermath, which I found. With the, with the mic, yeah. But like, because I don't know, I guess it's discretion, they're, but like, I guess that's they're considering probably bad it discretion. Or all one thing, maybe. maybe. I don't know. That's whole one dis- DQable offense. But he had already been DQ'd. And then he kept DQ'd. hitting. Sorry, DQ'd. And then he hit him in the face with a microphone and didn't get DQ'd. So, anyways, mm-hmm. whatever. That's my only complaint about mm-hmm. this, pretty much. Yes. Um. After being controlled, commercial break of Argus and next fall with a pump knee and just killed him with a GTS. Just, Drilled just it. Drilling him. Yes. Like looked awesome. Like I'm for bad. a second, I was like, Dan- is Danielson okay? He shouldn't be taken. I love that move. It's so good. I remember Dajakovic used to do it. Yeah. Uh, the feast of your eyes, but Guevara does it so much better. Looked, I don't know. This one looked amazing. It he just kills them sometimes. I don't know, but it's just and it's so and it works so well when he's a heel too because it's just the, the go to hell is just yep that's just funny. Nailed this one and the take great. on the GTS is just I don't know, it's so funny. Um, so it's great. Danielson misses the diving headbutt and then Guevara locks him in a cross face, gets a rope break. Um, Danielson catches Guevara mid air with the psycho knees and they're both out, which is pretty looked, cool. Looked really good. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Danielson, uh, suplexes Guevara into the corner and then kind of, he nails him in the tree of woe, which is kind of interesting. Don't think I've ever seen that. Like just suplex him back onto the top and then yeah, Guevara ended up hanging perfectly. And then he perfectly. does like the yes kicks in the tree of woe, which is pretty cool. Shooting yep. started the outside, Guevara didn't get all of it, but that's because it's a pretty ambitious. Yeah, I was like, oh Sammy, why? You're just gonna, how long's your career gonna be if you keep doing stuff like this? He has no fear, I don't think. And it's funny because he's like this handsome, clean cut kid, right? But he he just he doesn't look like a guy who has zero who does fear. stuff like Darby does. Yeah, um, yeah. So and then Guevara goes for a diving cutter, then gets caught by Danielson in the label lock, but he gets a rope break. Um, Guevara counters the Psychonia and the Boston Crab until rope break, which is pretty cool. It, it well, he went full um lion tamer on it. Oh yeah, it looked awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Danielson nails Guevara with the knee later on, which looked pretty gnarly. Um, moonsault to ET by Guevara, which is pretty cool. And then he tries to fall with the swan yeah, top and cool. gets the knees up, rains down elbows, and then the finish comes when he transitions into the bell lock. But Guevara tries to get a rope break, so then he locks in the other arm, modifying it, and looked, Guevara does like a verbal submission. Looked awesome, uh, the finishing stretch there. 
Uh, excellent match, man. I really like this. It's kind of a cool dynamic, right? Because you've got the high-flying heel and a technical baby face. So it's kind of reversed of what it normally is. And I think Sammy is a really good talent. And then if you put him in a match with someone like Danielson, Danielson can make him great in a match like this, right? So mm-hmm. even though the result was never in doubt, I really got into this match. And I think Sammy's like the perfect, like almost main eventer to have matches like this. And I'm just like, let's get Danielson on a roll. This angry, bitter Danielson, uh, get him some gold I, somewhere down the line. So I thought this was a fantastic finish to the show. Really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought this was a fantastic main event. Um, I thought it was great. I think it was even better than the first one. And the first one was really good, too. I think these guys just have good chemistry together. I think we can safely say that these guys just work well together. It's a nice style clash. Just works. And I think the way they scored the falls was nice because I think they did a solid job of it without it kind of feeling like every other two three falls match. Because yeah. sometimes there's only so many tropes you can do. Yes. In this, because at least to me, it feels like Sammy's whole tactic of sacrificing the fall to do more damage. It seems like you only ever do see that in an Iron Man match where there's more falls to lose. Yeah. So I think doing it here was kind of interesting. And it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a risky strategy, right? Because now you're one move away from losing the match, for sure. Exactly, which makes it different from an Iron Man. And um, so I think the styles match well again here. Um, a lot of cool back and forth encounters. Finch was done really well, too. Great way to end the show. And Guevara looks great again because that's not really unordinary for Danielson. Yep. Uh, overall, I guess, time. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of compiling my thoughts as we went over it fresh here. Uh, I would say opener, really good. Um, main event, fantastic. Uh, Trent Lethal was solid. Hater Blue was solid. Uh, Segment-wise, MJF had a good promo. Mox had a good promo. The Baker Soraya segment I thought was pretty solid. The Elite vignette was cool. So there was a lot of stuff I liked about this show. I don't feel like it was quite into a territory for me but it was pretty close so that would mean obviously i think this is a pretty easy b plus episode of dynamite for me um i i quite enjoyed it but not quite at that a level show if one of the other matches was really good that would probably bump it in there but still a really good episode of b plus for me mm-hmm. and you um so i don't i think it was a pretty good show it definitely uh, upgraded from last week um, I agree. Oh, ma- yeah. The main was event was stellar. Um, I think Mox and MJF both had great promos. Um, Opener was solid. Um, Baker Soraya was solid. Uh, Lethal Beretta was solid. <laughs> Open Challenge solid. was meh. I thought Paige Kingston was pretty good. Uh, women's match was there. Yep. Um, I thought so it was I think okay. Generally, I think it was a pretty good show. I think I'd give it a B. Yeah, fair. Was, I think it was good. Nice for the rebound from a, yes. a week episode last week, yep. for sure. All right, well, that's wrapping up our Dynamite review. We'll move into our trivia section. We'll challenge Jack with some trivia in what we like to call Off the Top of His Head. All right, so I'm kind of pumped for the trivia this week because I made it. I, I found a list, but then I went and found the details. So some weeks I just don't have the time or inclination to get involved in making them. And some of the ones I find aren't always the best. So I Mm -hmm. think this one's good. And you did sort of foreshadow it a little bit. So this is new WWE match types introduced since 2010. Okay. Now, 
First question, just you wouldn't know, but it's just for you to guess. How many new match types do you think have been introduced since 2010? Because I was very surprised by this. Seven. <laughs> 18. What? Right? So, uh -huh. um, sorry, uh, sorry, what did I say? Match types? I, I mean, is that what I mean? Yeah. Um, no. Uh, mean? No. I mean pay-per-views. Sorry. Oh. Okay. So, new. Okay. I don't know why. I, I even wrote match types because I'm dumb. Pay-per-views. Pay so even that, 18 new pay-per-views okay, since sure. 2010? No, that, I, I could see that. Okay. So can I just first, list them? Sorry? Can you what? Can I just rhyme them off because I could do that? No. Let, you have to get the clues at least because I went through the... I, I literally uh -huh. went through every Wikipedia entry and found clues for them. You probably won't need more than one, but allow me to read I all before totally. we move on because I did work this time, okay? Is it in order or... From 2010. Would you rather go current back or 2010 forward? I'll I, do current back. I usually do that. Making me go backwards. Okay, so let me get That's down what I usually do. to the bottom of my document here. All right, so this shouldn't be super hard starting here. So 2022 to be held annually on New Year's Day. Day one. Right. Um, so its scheduling also caused the cancellation of TLC events, which were usually held in late December. So which that, is also a gimmick show, so who cares? That was my other clue. Uh, 2021, WWE's first pay-per-view to present the Thunderdome due to COVID. Payback? No. Wait, no. Nope. In the main event, Roman Reigns defeated Cesaro by technical submission. Oh, WrestleMania Backlash. Correct. In another... All oh, right, that was new. Wait, what about Clash of the Castle? Any other... It's not... No? It's, no, not right. in there. Any other um, matches you remember from that? Because I listed a bunch here. Mysterios versus Dirty Dogs. Okay, that's correct. What, what, what about the triple threat match oh, right. for yeah, the Raw I remember, champ? Now I remember Who's that. That was that? Strowman's last match before he returned. Against who? Lashes and McIntyre. Correct. All right, 20, 2019, a one-off event that replaced Backlash for 2019 and before Backlash was reinstated in 2020. Um, in the main event? Stomping Grounds. Correct. Main event, do you remember? No um, count-out DQ match to retain the Universal Championship. Yeah, it was... Your boy. Rollins and Corbin. Correct. Lacey Evans, special guest ref. Correct. Uh, other match... Uh, steel cage match for WWE Championship. Kingston Ziggler. Correct. Uh, um, Samoa Joe Ricochet. That is right. For what? US title. Correct. And then Roman and Drew was the other match. So I figured sense. this would Media be a chance for you to flex your knowledge. Not only will you know the pay-per-view, but you'll know half the card. So I... I... Rollins, baby. Uh, 2018. Second event WWE held in... Crown Jewel. Correct. Greatest Royal Rumble is the other one, probably. Correct. So in the main event... For which one? For Crown Jewel 2018. DX and Brothers of Destruction. Correct. Amazing. Uh, and then we also have Super Showdown. WWE World Cup Final. Oh, right. McMahon, Shane, and Ziggler. I Correct. Think. Ziggles. The Bar. SmackDown Tag Championships. Oh, yeah, New Day. Correct. Bar with Big Show. <laughs> Very good. Uh, 2018 as well. Super Showdown. Women's Professional Wrestling. Oh, Evolution. Correct. So, main event. Oh, my God. I forgot. What's that it? sounds awful. Oh, I should know. I've, someone who's bad. still there and prominent versus someone who's gone. Ra was it Ronda and yes. Nikki Bella? Correct. Really? That was the main event. And then we had a last women's standing match. Becky and Charlotte. Correct. There was like a battle royal, I think. May Young Classic final. Right. EO and Tony. Correct. So. And, and first two-time NXT women's champ. Right. Baszler and Kyrie Zane, two Cor falls. Correct. Baszler, baby. 2018, again, there's a lot of them in 2018. Yeah. Uh, held for wrestlers from Raw and SmackDown and 205 Live and took place in Australia. Super Showdown. Correct. Main event? 
um, I think last time or whatever, whatever the billing was, Triple H and Taker, no holds barred. Correct. There was Murphy beating Alexander for the Cruiserweight title. I, I, I didn't go that deep. Um, Iconics beat somebody. Didn't go that deep either. I did have um, one for Samoa a, Joe, AJ Styles. I had one for the, what was the SmackDown Championship, WWE. Who was that? Do you yeah. remember? Wait, what? Smack, what SmackDown title? To, uh, the SmackDown WWE Championship. I just said Styles and Joe. No. According to this, it's Brian Miz. That wasn't for any titles. And the Shield. Shield. Oh yeah, versus the the air quotes Dogs of War, which was Strowman, Ziggler, and McIntyre. Correct. I'm pretty sure Miz and Brian was non-title. Also, 2018 took place in Saudi Arabia. Grizzle Rumble. Main event. The 50 Man Rumble. Won by Strowman. Uh, Universal Championship match. Cage match. Roman Brock, which was the weird finish. Good. There was a four-way ladder, which was Rollins, Balor, Miz, Joe. Double count-out match between? Oh, yeah, Nakamura and Styles. Wow, you know a lot of stuff. Um, is there anything else? Nope. We're out of 2018 into 2017. Great Balls of Fire? Correct. Yeah. Uh, exclusive, Best one. Exclusively for wrestlers from which brand? Raw. Correct. Main event? Um, Universal Championship match? Oh, right. Brock and Joe. Correct. There's the tag Iron Man, right? Hardy's and Barr. Ambulance, Ambulance match, match? Between who? Strowman and Roman. Great. Classic and tag two. team match? Did I just say that? I don't know what Iron you Man? say. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Hardy's in the bar. Correct. All right, 2016 took place. Roadblock in the line. Yes, took place where then? Uh, like what? What do you mean where? What city? I don't know. Rico Coliseum, Toronto, Ontario. Same, oh, same place we were. That's weird because they were in Toronto for no Survivor Series too. Uh, the event was a reference to Road to WrestleMania. Main event saw. Was that Roman and Kevin Owens? Nope. That wasn't the main event. Oh, um, Charlotte and Sasha. Nope. What? For the World Heavyweight Championship. Universal? It just says WWE World Heavyweight Championship. No, that's not right. It was. It was a raw pay-per-view. Triple H. Tri oh, that roadblock. I don't know. Roadblock, end of the line. Okay, so no, that's not right. Because oh here's, here's how it was. This is right? why we do this trivia section, folks. Okay. He knows more than what's posted right. online. So Go ahead. The roadblock, end of the line is right. But um, it's kind of weird. Because they, they the one you're thinking of is roadblock not end of line just roadblock okay which was toronto and it was one of those kind of glorified house show kind of things oh okay um but it was a pay-per-view it was i don't know it was kind of like a low tier it was like a c tier pay-per-view yeah think of it like that and um so it was the main event which was ambrose and triple h correct but then they did like a full-on like b pay-per-view which was the end of the year which is the one i thought you were talking about nope. that was roadblock in the line which had like roman owens gotcha sasha charlotte that was when the bar broke new day's um record run right okay so, stuff like that they did two roadblocks you so know it's a lot kind of confusing. stuff that is for sure i think also on this one there was natalia and charlotte i want to say that's two the only one i remember 2015 replaced elimination chamber in february Elimin fast lane correct right that was the first fast lane uh these are all firsts right so main event uh oh no was it roman and bryant yes Nice. Um, and then U.S. Championship match is the only other Sina one I had. Rusev. Correct. My goodness, son. Uh, 2013, I guess nothing new happened in 14. So 2013 replaced... Battleground? Replaced over the limit. Correct. Don't even need clues. Main event for the vacant WWE Championship. Orton and Bryan. Correct. Uh, also, how did it, was there... Wasn't, how did it end? Uh, 
So that's the only in- was information there like I have. Was there like a double or like a No contest. DQ? Yeah. Big Show interfered. Right. Attacked Brian. Then there's also Rhodes Shield. Oh, yeah. All right, for, 2013 for still. Uh, replace WWE's previously well-known event, No Way Out. Was this first Elimination Chamber then? No. Really? That's not 2013. Oh, sorry, didn't... Never mind, we'll get there, I think. Um, the concept... I don't want to say that because that'll give it away. Main event... John Cena retained the championship against Ryback in a three stages of hell. Was this Extreme Rules? No. Payback? Yes. Nice. Very good. Uh, Alberto Del Rio defeated... Rob Van Dam. No. For the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, Ziggles? Correct. And your boy, Punk, was on there. Defeated who? Defeated my boy? Jericho. No, Punk's your boy. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, 2011 took place in washington dc oh capital punishment and it was a one-off event i knew the washington would be that was the hint there main event um wow really oh wait was it it orton and christian or was it the other one was it punk no now again you could be wrong it says for the wwe championship okay cena defeated no that sounds right cena del rio no go way down the card (laughs) in my opinion 2011 oh miz no he just hurt truth. himself on NXT, yeah. Oh, no, that is right. That is right. I forgot about that, but that was when Truth was kind of pushed. So Orton defeated who? For Christian. The, right? And then, oh, WWE Intercontinental match. Wow. Ezekiel Jackson. Correct. Beat Barrett. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I remember and that. And the U.S. Championship, did you say that one? Was that Ziggler and Kofi? It was. You, sir, are a wrestling nerd. No offense. I mean that in the nicest Especially way Especially on the roadblock bit. That was, that was weird because they did two roadblocks. It was dumb. Uh, this included... 2010, sorry. Two ladder matches, one for each brand. Money in the Bank, baby. Correct. That is true. That was the first Money in the Bank. And there's a lot of details on that. Yeah, before that, it had just been at Mania, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was also a Mania in that year, so it was three Money in the Banks that year. Right. Uh, 2010. We had a four-way? No. Main event. That is one. Main match from Raw, Cena faced Batista in an I Quit match. It's the first Extreme Rules? No. Big Show versus... World Heavyweight Champion Jack Swagger was the main event from SmackDown. And that's all I have. I remember the graphic the most of it. I remember. I think it was like a speedometer in a car. Over the limit? Correct. Okay. I don't know why I remember that. That's a weird detail to remember. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Uh, And the final one. Four-way? 2010. Four-way. In 2009, WWE held a poll on their official website to allow fans to choose the name for their February 2010 pay-per-view. The main event was a multi-man match. Chamber? Correct. This is the first Olympics. Where's Fatal 4-Way? I don't know. Didn't that was 2010. So, okay, can who's I... in it? Oh, uh, wait. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Cena. Mm, Did no. we see the main event one or no? It says the... World Heavyweight? The main event was the SmackDown Elimination Chamber. So who would that be? That's the only one I got down. SmackDown 2010. Jericho? Correct. Taker? Correct. That's all I got. Uh, R-Truth, Mysterio, Morrison, Punk. Yeah, and Punk. Or, Punk sorry, won, um, right? No, sorry. Jericho won because I meant to say Michael's. Oh, Michael's Elimination costume. Chamber. I was like, what? I was thinking Money in the Bank. No. In my Punk brain. won. Well, no, Punk didn't even win Money in the Bank that year. That was 09. I, I remember right. some other ones, too. There was, well, so there was Fatal 4-Way, and then I remember in 2009, they, that was first TLC. Mm-hmm. Probably the first Extreme Rules. Um, they also did Breaking Point. It did go back that far. Like, I can look it up. Okay, do that. I can, I can uh, do that. You're robbing me of doing using it again, though. 
which would have been fun. Yeah, that's true. But I already, I already know. There's like, I think there's TLC Extreme Rules Breaking Point, which was like, all submissions like I quit stuff. I think they also did bragging rights. Why can't it? It's not um, giving me the option of uh, yeah. seeing the answers. So hold that's on. Weird. But yes, clearly you know very much. Oh, that's what I have to do. That and then do this, and it should. Tell well, me. Like okay, so or three was. Sorry, you're going back. Two thousand nine is. Wow, there was a lot. Tables, ladders, chairs. Yeah. Bragging rights. Sixteen rules. There was that. Otherwise, it would be twenty ten. Hell in a cell. On the cell, really? That makes sense. Breaking point. The bash. Oh yes. Extreme rules. The bash, because that was adapted from Great American Bash. Two thousand eight. There's only one. Night of Champions. Ah. Oh. And then a whole bunch more as we go back further. But anyways, I would say that you absolutely crushed that. Did you like that one? Mm-hmm. Right. That's a good one. Where I contributed on that one. So you absolutely smashed it and people get to see the depth of your wrestling knowledge which is the plan of that segment but now we're going to move into where we kind of discuss anything else we watched from the world of wrestling anything we liked and didn't like in a segment we like to call high spots and rest holds all right so i'm going to start like i always do with nxt and i i said earlier right like nxt started off pretty strong this week and then by the end it was that mixed bag that i seem to be getting post 2.0 but still better than 2.0 so one high spot for me was the opening match between joe gacy and cameron grimes and i actually thought grimes looked fantastic in this match sort of a reminder of how good that guy is in the ring and gacy's a solid performer too right so um he comes from the indies he's not a rookie or anything so this was a very good opener i thought as expected the rock's daughter i forget her Ava Rain. Right. Um, she's there to like be on TV, so she interfered, shoved Grimes off the top. Apparently he's maybe main rostering soon. That is in my notes here, yeah. The Gacy won this 11-minute match with his handspring clothesline directly after the interference by... I feel like there's a name for that that they, they said. <laughs> Sorry? As I feel like there's a, a name for that. There that is. They said. It's like oh. the upside down, I think, which I don't like, so I don't say it. It's much like you and the whatever one you won't say. Isn't there a finisher that you don't like to say? I don't know, anyways. Uh, And yes, rumors of Grimes on his way to main roster, so good start to the show. Uh, Another high spot, because this is all the first few things on this show, so this is why I was kind of hyped for the first, like, 40 minutes. So this is Axiom, Fraser, and McDonough are interacting backstage. It's basically Fraser, I think, coming out of their medical room or whatever, and um, that he's basically a little bit... He's got injured from that the match they had, so he's... Axiom is there just sort of encouraging Fraser and McDonough walks up and interrupts and McDonough immediately diagnoses Fraser's injury as whatever because that's his gimmick right now is he's this like I should have chicken noodle soup with my booster juice he's a master of the like uh, human anatomy and whatnot and whatnot so Axiom then sort of ends up mocking McDonough for getting all these big matches and never following through and obviously that's going to lead to McDonough Axiom tonight so I really liked Axiom and McDonough's interaction. I just wish Axiom would lose the mask and maybe the whole gimmick. Because well, A-Kid was solid. A-Kid, like, I mean, in, if you don't want him to be A-Kid, fine. That's Rename true. Rename him. They kind of did that with Devlin. Right? And he, having the word kid in your name is not good for a long career, right? At some point. Like when they got rid of Buddy Murphy. Although I don't even think that was bad, but right. I um, digress. So good, good interaction here. Just lose the mask, please. Uh, another high spot. I do really hate that mask. Right after that was... Um, Carmelo and Trick are back in the barber shop, which I kind of like. Uh, basically talking about how Melo should have never lost the title, 
Um, they do take spend some time putting over Wes Lee as being really talented, whatever, but refer to him as a paper champion because it shouldn't be his title, which is kind of fair. Basically, they go back. I mean, and, that's not even like a crazy thing to say. No, they kind of go back and forth. And then there's obviously their entourage kind of in the barbershop chipping in here and there. Um, so we're going to get a contract signing between Mello and Wesley next week and then a match between the two in two weeks, which could be an awesome match. So I'm fine with that. And I just think these segments are really cool. And it gives, like you were saying about MJF, right? It gives Mello and Trick a different right. location yeah, yeah. that's just theirs mm-hmm. to showcase their personalities. And now that Trick Williams is awesome, other than in the ring, um, I thought this was really fun. And yeah, he just they just have a signature place to go, right? Um, then... That was the end of the high spots. We get a rest hold because we're back in the arena and the lights go out. And we get a message from Scripps on the screen. Oh, again. As well as him providing a voiceover. So it basically is that he or she is coming to NXT soon. And it's just, for me personally, I haven't seen what the public thinks, but there's too much suspension of disbelief here, right? Like, I like things to be right. real. Yeah. And the idea that this guy's got control of the Tron and the audio system in this when when NXT technically doesn't want him there or whatever is just a bridge too far for me. So I find these kind of silly and closer to mm-hmm. comedy than being really serious. Sorry, just picking that up off the floor there for a second. Uh, then we go right into another rest hold for me, which is Electra. Imagine this match. Picture it, okay? Electra Lopez and Saul Ruka. Oh. So uh, you have an inexperienced powerhouse in Lopez taking on like a infinitely less experienced i would say gymnast so three minutes of weak action ruka is cool look super athletic can't wrestle that would be my summary so not great then we get a bit of a high spot uh indy hartwell's finally turning heel and actually showed a bit of edge and it's the classic wrestling thing right she now has to be dressed in all black vinyl or leather or whatever right right? of course like core jade just like magic right um so your personality changes and your wardrobe changes at the same time. So basically, I, I like this because she's kind of been lost and meandering, right? Since the way left and Loomis left for main roster, this is by far the most interesting she's been you in You know, months. Loomis came back for like a second and then just like, right. And then was gone. Uh, rest hold, boy, oh boy, JC Jane's acting. Holy cow. So to- All like at the Halloween Havoc. So Toxic Attraction keep doing these scenes where they're like FaceTiming each other or whatever, which okay. is a fine idea to incorporate. For them, I can see that making sense. Sure. Um, so JC Jane's in the car. I forget what the conversation, but she decides she's just going to go. Oh, they're afraid of Alba Fire waiting for them at the arena. So they're gonna. she's just going to head over to Mandy Rose's house. And then she's like, oh, wait, I'm being pulled over or something. So the idea is... It's Alba Fire drags her out of the car, but so Alba Fire's driving around impersonating police officers. Remember, now? like they're saying, like the Dwight, you can't do that. And JC Jane's acting was just really, really bad. And like, she has enough experience that it shouldn't be this bad, right? It's one thing for Cora Jade, who's 20 and new to wrestling, right? But JC Jane's been there and been featured for over a year now, right? So she's bad. She's bad. She's not terrible in the ring. She's not great, but she's they're really, bad. really bad acting. At least from what I remember. Uh, another rest hold. Did you know Kiana James is a businesswoman? I didn't actually. And maybe it's Kiana, but uh, whatever. So doesn't matter. This week she's at Fallon Henley's bar with uh, Briggs and Jensen, and she wants to buy the bar for some reason. I think at first I was annoyed because I'm like, why would a successful businesswoman want to buy like a dumpy looking country bar? But I guess it's because she does mention she wants to like tear it down and build something else there. Classic, but evil like, businesswoman, right? And so Henley is kind of cool. Like I'm on board for her, 
but James' character is just silly. It's like, it feels like it's from a bygone era, right? Where your character is your job. You're a plumber. You're a dentist. You're a garbage yes, man. Yes. You're yeah, a yeah. businesswoman, right? So Classic, like, new generation era kind she's, of stuff. She's just not believable. And I, a couple weeks ago, I thought they knew how silly it was, and I felt like maybe they were leaning into it. But in no. this one, I feel like we're back to, like, we're supposed to take this seriously, and I cannot. So, not good. High spot. Really quickly, I like stacks. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Oh, well, I do. He's quick. He's really aggressive. Everything he does looks like he's doing it with a lot of purpose, right? So those are my favorite kind of wrestlers. I don't want to mention Pac because obviously he's not in that sentence. Or going back, the name, the man who shall not be named in Benoit. Like everything they do is just a little bit more intense and quick. Christopher Benoit. So this guy's got a little bit of that. So he beat Hank, the security guard here. I told you it was a... A curb stomp but using his knee instead of his foot and i actually That's thought lame. i actually thought it looked pretty cool um another high spot pretty big one from this was the mcdonough axiom match we got based off their interaction earlier really really good match i would actually recommend people go out and find it um axiom's just flying around the ring and had some really cool counters to mcdonough's stuff uh and mcdonough is targeting axiom's knee and look vicious doing it so you you saw the the finish the just like pushing his leg back it, in a really awkward angle it looked awesome he just sort of snaps axiom's knee the ref has to stop the match i told you i felt like maybe they got the idea from truth hurting himself um last week legitimately and having to stop a match that they decided to use it here i thought it was good awesome tv match i would recommend and then a little detail too i liked i told you post-match mcdonough says that axiom's leg suffered a severe strain not a tear because JD is a nice guy, right? So this idea that right. he's diagnosing the mm-hmm. injuries and him being nice is only like kind of badly injuring right. you, right? So I thought that was cool. Um, so then he's mentioning Dragunov is in the hospital and he dared someone to get on his level and test him. And he's like, I'm looking at you, Apollo Crews. So that sets up another match that should be pretty cool, mm-hmm. right? So I, McDonough's a rival man. He, he obviously didn't fare well against Broad and Breaker and didn't get the title, but he is having some really good matches, and I, for one, really like his character work. Uh, Rest Hold, I told you earlier as well, the main event for me, which was... Um, the tag title rematch. My, my hit and miss tag team, yes, of, uh, what is it, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. So they successfully defended against Zoe Stark and Lions, uh, Nikita Lions, and it was just Chance and Carter trying to work too fast here, and Chance had multiple spots that didn't go well, and Vic Joseph had to pull out the old... Didn't get all of it uh, two or three times. The flow was just a bit off as these... It's like when they're just getting ahead of themselves, right? And sometimes they it works, and this one it did not for me. Uh, if there was not a lot of flow to this. Um, I will say, though, the one thing out of this, did you see the belt shot when Zoe Stark turned heel after? No. It looked Wait, good. Wait, I think so, but I forgot. I thought that was kind of cool. So it's got um, Stark and Lions are sort of handing the tag team belts because they're like the good baby face team, right? Over. And so Lions releases hers right away and Stark kind of holds on to it and isn't quite giving it to which I forget which one of the, the champions it was. And then she kind of quickly pulls it back and just drills Lions with it. It actually looked really cool. So I'm hoping this is something for Stark. I, I think she's really good. So I'm hope like character wise, not amazing, but I'm hoping heal her is better because in ring, I really like her. So... Uh, that's it for me for NXT. I will talk about Impact, but give me a break so you talk about what you want to talk about. I only got two from Raw. 
And I um, saw one with you. So the we high spot, it together we watched the sick. Usos New Day promo at Open Raw. Sick. It was amazing. Great. That was really good. They all killed it. Um, Usos kind of felt like the prime Usos from 2017 that I loved, that I remember loving. Agree. Um, and that was for sure my favorite part of it. But like, I thought everyone did pretty good. It was really good until it got interrupted. But like, even the interruption, like I didn't love it as much as the rest. But it was the comic relief, right? And that's Riddle. But yes, we. So we're hard on main roster, right? But it's not like we are not ever going to like anything they do. Because this was awesome. This was excellent. This was captivating television. It this, built the, the the next match, like the SmackDown match, in like less than a week. Easy. It felt real, right? And um, not Kofi, but the other New Day. It kind of freshed up the feud a bit. Because like, like, they already feud this year. Oh, right? that's, so. And even when it started, right? I'm like, oh my god, are we going here for the 50th time? Like, what are they doing? But... um. These teams just work well together, so I mean, Woods was, I can't hate it too much. Woods' promo was fantastic. Um, the Usos' promo was fantastic, and I thought Kofi was the weakest, but still really good. Yeah, right. I yeah, this was this was an awesome professional wrestling segment, right? I, I no doubt mm-hmm. loved it. Um, then the rest hold to end all rest holds, as I have not talked about this this week. Yeah. Um, so Seth Rollins held a U.S. title open challenge. Right. Um, Mustafa Ali went to accept it. Um, but gets he got obliterated by Lashley. Lashley came out to beat the tar out of Rollins, then leaves, didn't take his title back even though he wants to. Eh. Oh, wait. <laughs> so, no, it was the Judgment Day came out to accept Rollins' challenge. I guess Balor wanted it. OC came out. Mia Yim debuted. Blah, blah, blah. Sure. Lashley came out, beat the crap out of Rollins, then was leaving. Austin Theory came out to cash in his Uh-oh. money in the bank on the U.S. title. Lashley then costs him the match, and Rollin wins. So Theory failed his Money in the Bank cash-in on a mid-card title on an open challenge. So let me clarify. He cashed in his Money in the Bank on the U.S. title, which A, is stupid. B, not how that works. Every time I've ever heard them introduce a Money in the Bank title match. You're not wrong, I don't think. They say a world title opportunity. Even the NXT title will make more sense because that's at least the top title of the brand, so you can justify that. Agree. This is the U.S. title. The United. It's not even the Intercontinental title. They it's clearly the US wanted title. this briefcase out of the right. Question. But like, and not only that, if he wanted the U.S. title so bad, it was an open challenge. <laughs> Very good and point. And Lashley just beat the crap out of Rollins. It was an open challenge. You did not need to cash in your money. It's like bank. you used a coupon for something they were giving away free anyway. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like. Are you? It is. I know they wanted to briefcase off the theory, but this is the worst way they could have possibly done it. Yeah. They make him look like an idiot. They devalue the money in the bank even more. It's just so stupid. The only there's the small high spot from this is that I think they pulled off a double turn with Rollins and Lashley, which I don't. Oh hate. really? I think that's the general consensus. Okay. Which I don't hate. I don't know. But if they do that, that's cool. Face Rollins, good. But this is the stupidest thing they've done in a while. Because this is actively <laughs> up. not how the money in the bank works. They're literally ignoring their own logic here. Yeah. You're... It's stupid. Yep. They're not. It's, this is like, and this is like something that Vince would do. This uh, feels hey, like something Vince would do. Maybe he's creeping back in, making this some is phone calls to Honestly, trips. the dumbest thing they could have done. Like, like, honestly, just have him fail on Roman. I don't give a crap. I think that rant tested out my mic levels and i think i'm solid i left you enough room to get mad and it didn't i don't think there was any clipping we'll see but yes you, you were fired up about that it's the dumbest it thing they sense. could have possibly it's literally the worst possible like i remember my friend was watching raw i think and he texted me about it and i thought it was some sick joke because <laughs> like again not how this works right uh so that's it for you 
Mm-hmm. I'll go into impact then. Uh, first high spot for me was the video package. I also was telling you about this. I couldn't find it to send to you because I actually would have. Um, it's for Giselle Shaw, and it's put together by her stylist that they introduced last week. I forget his name. Jay Vidal, maybe? I feel like that's actually right. I think so. So anyways, it was this super dramatic montage of clips of wrestlers and executives gushing with praise about Giselle Shaw, but it was all previous footage with any time they used the name, they just dubbed her name over top of it um, for whatever name they actually said. So there was one because you could clearly read the lips. It was Gail Kim going on about, I don't think we'll ever see somebody like whatever again. Mm-hmm. And you could see when it, w- and when it said Giselle Shaw, it was clearly Awesome Kong. And that was from the Awesome Kong's Hall of Fame induction. So I thought it was really funny because the package looked great. And the dubbing was like just obvious enough to be funny. You know what I mean? It's almost like, they tried to get it to match, but they weren't quite matching. And you could see also the lips moving are saying something different. So it wasn't like, you know, if WWE did this, they would just dr- like smash you over the head with the fact right. that it's fake, right? Yeah. Whereas this almost looked like this guy would be trying to pass it off as real. So I thought it was really funny. And mm-hmm. plus, Giselle Shaw is the future people. I'm a huge Giselle Shaw fan as of right now. Um, an- another high spot, Trey Miguel, Mike Bailey, X Division tournament match um incredible pace to start this both of these guys just fly around the ring and the first few minutes were them avoiding the kind of big moves of the other um kenny king who's got issues with mike bailey which he'll actually elaborate on later uh he comes down to ringside and he's eating popcorn watching the match but eventually he gets involved and throws trey miguel into the steps so that bailey loses by dq so obviously the finish wasn't super satisfying but the action was really great up to that point. Although, as I always say, the one thing here, the glaring difference in the offense between these two, Bailey and Miguel are both lightning quick, but Bailey's offense looks like he is actually hitting you with it. Whereas Miguel, I use the comparison all the time when you and your brother were in Taekwondo and you would do sparring with light contact, right, right? Yeah. where you're supposed to be going through the motions, but not actually kicking them super hard. So it's, that is the difference. Bailey looks like he's kicking the crap out of you. And when he hit the moonsault double knees uh, on the floor to Miguel, it looked like it would just cave your chest in. So um, very fun match to watch. And then another high spot right after, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I generally am not a fan of Kenny King. I just find him the same for decades now. But he cut a promo explaining his motivation for attacking Bailey in the match. And it's basically super simple. But he's like, I see something in your eyes. And I'm not believing the whole like bowing and super polite. And I think he referred to the mullet too. He, so he, <laughs> he's consumed with exposing Bailey as a fraud. And so he's like, even though I do want championships, like he even says he wants the the main championship, he's like, I can't focus on this until I expose Bailey as the fraud he is. So I thought that's a cool, simple, like, route for a heel to take. So I was pretty impressed with it. Um, then we get a list, a rest hold, which is Alicia interacting with Havoc and then Eddie Edwards. So one after the other immediately, because it's her going backstage. So it's... <laughs> this isn't nice. It's shocking how someone can have so little on-screen chemistry with their actual husband, right? Because she's talking to Eddie Edwards, who she's married to, and it just sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And then Havoc's new gimmick is that because her new persona of Jessica lost a match, she's an alcoholic now. Like, she's drinking beers and stuff. Uh, so, I don't know. It was just dumb all That's around. Just, oh, that sounds so stupid. It was. Uh, another high spot for me. I'm a big Macklin fan. 
And he's just pissed off and tired of being disrespected. And I like it. He wants title shots. So he's backstage just being an angry boy. This week, he confronted uh, Tommy Dreamer. And it's going to lead to uh, a match where they're going to face each other. And he's just believable as this bitter, angry heel who's overlooked. And I I think he should be one they elevate because he feels like an impact guy, right? I know he wasn't, but like this character, this version of him that's actually good is an impact creation. So I'd be focusing on him. Uh, Sammy Callahan cut a super intense promo with a hostage. So he's taken one of Eric Young's, I always write EY in my notes, Eric Young's, um, member of his faction hostage and had duct tape over his mouth. So basically super intense promo with his face right up close to the camera. And it's going to lead to a death machine, double jeopardy match. Care to guess what that is? I remember that they had done double jeopardy before, but do I remember what that is? Nope. So for, for Sammy's version, the death machine, you can only bend, be pinned or submitted after you're already bleeding. So it makes sense for him, right? It's his kind of match. Um, high spot and I would have to. So it's like a first blood match with another level, right? I would have to decide if this or the Danielson Guevara match were my favorite. I might say this one because it surprised me a bit more, and that's the main event here. That was Jordan Grace defending the Knockouts Championship against Giselle Shaw, and man, this was fast. It was physical. I even showed you one of the forearm exchanges where they were just laying it into each other, right? Uh, I thought both of them looked great, and again, Shaw is the future of this division for me. Really high-paced, really high-impact stuff. Uh, great intensity. We had, like, a stalling superplex by Grace without breaking grip directly into a jackhammer. Uh, I showed you she hit a vertebraker to Shaw. Mm-hmm. Looked awesome. Shaw hit a bunch of cool stuff. I, I pretty much love this match. I put it on my list, actually, as matches I really enjoyed this year. My favorite match this week, I will say it, I think, right? Uh, so Grace ended up winning with a power bomb directly into the Grace Driver. It was only about 11 or 12 minutes, but I thought it was awesome. And if you wanted to add Ma- uh, Masha Slamovich and have a, tree- a three-way match with these, it would be fantastic. And speaking of which, Masha came out and just beat Jordan Grace down with the chair after this. So clearly they're going to have another match, which at this point is my women's match of the year, and I don't see anything beating it in the next, what, we got a month and a bit, right? So uh, I'm all for a rematch. Honestly, a pretty good episode of Impact. Um, I enjoyed a lot of it, and that is all I have. Mm -hmm. So we are moving into Mm -hmm. our final segment each week. Jack's going to update us really quickly. I don't know. Is it quick? Might not be quick. It's pretty quick. Okay. And it's on action wrestling figures, which is what we call figuring it out with Jack. Um, So first thing was they revealed the second wave of the Coliseum collection ultimate edition figures which is like they're like two they're two packs like boxed together and then they're like in that that retro style i was showing you yes it's, it's like the cool. ljn style packaging so it's got like jake roberts and uh ravishing rick rude and they're in ring attires from like old figures they had i think it's like maybe ljn figures or whatever and so they're and they're in like the same poses and whatever and same attires as the old figures they had i think um jake's gonna have like a posable snake this time <laughs> nice yeah is that a is that a nice innovation Dunker, or what? yeah and like you remember like they had like the card cutouts on the back like you can cut out a trading card oh on the right back. right yes they have, the, they have those lots of stuff in that um, so that yeah time period those are cool that. um so that's nice um because they just did hulk hogan and terry funk so yeah your boy 
my boy. I do like. I want to go back and watch some prime Terry Funk because I think he's better than I thought he was as a. You like Terry Funk? I was talking about Hulk Hogan. No, God. that's not my boy. Um, the Funk then, I like. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, they put the lineup for Elite Hundred One has been leaked. So you got Mister America. Hmm. Great. Which is not Hulk Hogan. Nope, absolutely not. No. Um, Sonya Deville, who hasn't had an Elite since. Also not Hulk I think Hogan. it was a collector's edition <laughs> since um, Elite 69. Nice. Ha. Um, and then Johnny Knoxville. Gross. Yeah. And then I think then there's going to be Kevin Owens, Ricochet, and Cody Rhodes, which we haven't had renders for yet. But So that's neat. And then I was telling you about um, they're replacing the ultimate Jeff Jarrett figure because he's in AEW now so and apparently they're going to replace it with a first time ultimate so like someone who hasn't had one of those yet and they they're leaving it a mystery for now nice so here's my pitch so in that series already you got AJ Styles from Wrestlemania this year and like that white and blue which he wore which is pretty nice so that's a good choice and you know what they should do with that I do not Seth Rollins. Obviously. You know what he should wear? Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. SummerSlam 19. This is the time to do Thanos Rollins because it would be like the ultimate articulation. It would be cool. And I would buy three. I will buy three. So that should be enough for them. They probably make a profit off it as soon as you buy three, I would assume. So right I, there. I will at least money. buy two because then if they don't I do can it, open one and I'll put one in a defender case. If they don't do it, it's because they hate money. Exactly. No, what I'm gonna, I will, actually, that'll be the first figure where I'm just gonna stockpile it because it's gonna be so cool. Because I'll buy one to open, then I'll buy one to keep in the box, then I'll buy one to keep in the box with a protector case. Got a plan for sure. Then I'll maybe buy another one to open, so for more heads, then I can head swap Rollins figures like nobody's business all day long. Exactly. So, do that. Me want that. That's it. That's it. Yeah, half of it's just me campaigning for Thanos Rollins. It was. Well, I appreciate you battling through your sore throat and cough, and I hopefully it didn't come through too much. You were doing a good job of leaning away from the mic, so that's always good. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed this episode, actually. I feel there was some good energy here, and we will definitely... Despite our shortcomings. Yes, right. Shortcomings. We're perfect or... humans. Come on. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next Saturday for 122. Now, Impact has Which their... is when we're going to an indie. ...pay-per-view on Friday... Um, yeah, so we'll be cares? at an indie show, so we'll probably we'll, we'll talk about full, that. We'll preview Full Gear, though, because Full Gear is also For on, sure. on the day of So our, what's, us. What's the indie show, Smash and... WXW. And it's being recorded for... Network. The I network. Think. So it should be a pretty decent show. I forgot about it. I'm kind of pumped for that. So Vert- I'm sure we'll... I, know, I remember seeing it's Vert- there's Vertigo versus Alexander Wolf. Oh, nice. I'm sure we'll banter about that. So um, please come back for episode 122 and tell some other people to come back too. We'd really love to pick up some new listeners and until next Saturday, when we meet again, take care.